3: Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a fucking robotics factory here in 2019 when this will be released. We're we're, we're recording in 2018, but nothing matters because we're doing Bicentennial Man. (laughs)
2: It's a twenty year anniversary of bison 10. It is. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. yes. We, made it it.
3: we did it, guys. Yes. We're uh, we're one tenth of the way there. Yeah. So um, we have two tremendous guests. Yes, today. we do. Two of our favorites. Two of our favorites. We've two of done. two of your Truthfully. favorites.
4: No, I mean yeah, two people who is, have
3: huge Twitter followings. So two people favorites. that are thrilled to be here for a
4: second great movie. <laughs> hmm. We have Todd Vanderwerf and Libby Hill. Uh, I believe Todd's our first member of the three timers. He column. is. Congratulations, Todd! Yeah, so that's go, Todd.
0: interesting because it's the third time that Todd has seen this movie, isn't Todd, it? Honey? Would you like to would possibly you like
4: to? the fourth? Possibly the fourth. Todd, would you like to unpack that, or should we let's uh, let's hear should what we? Libby?
2: Let's like uh, let's introduce Libby. Uh, <laughs> she was here before too. <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll, I'll I'll do this. There was fear Libby, in Todd's Libby, voice.
2: Libby and Todd
3: are. Uh, <laughs> They're both <laughs> cultural critics. They are. Mm-hmm. Libby for LA Times, Todd mm-hmm. for Vox Media. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, 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 they kind of don't need an And If you've listened to our Story of Us
4: episode, which obviously you have because it's one of our best episodes, you are well acquainted with Todd and Libby. Um, if, you're, if
3: you're on the internet, you yeah, also
4: are well acquainted with them. Two of the best people who
3: do what they do, also two great podcast guests, and also two incredible martyrs, willing to come on and talk about a movie like this thing,
4: which I didn't completely hate.
0: <laughs> what the? F-
4: <laughs> Kenny was tweeting, I, me, tweeting, texting me as he was watching because he watched it before I did, and. It was. It's an interesting. You went through a whole host of emotions over the course of about ten texts that got incre- increasingly more passionate. I'll 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 run through my my emotions quickly, which was basically
3: like uh, it was a lot of what the fuck is this and how high are they aiming? Which I was so surprised how high they were aiming. And, yes, and then I was so surprised how by how much they missed. But I did not. I thought it. I thought it was a silly robot movie, and it was really attempting to be a a commentary on what it means to be human and it fails so miserably, but at least that was really kind of cognitive, that was cognitively sure. dissonant for me sure, in the moment. So that's why I was
4: texting you the way I was texting. No, you. I, 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 and I, I appreciated that. I, and I think that ultimately what we're coming, what, what you're circling here is, is the Isaac Asimov of it all. Um, and his, his initial story and why that was, Received as well as it was, he was obviously a brilliant man, and he wanted to do a deconstruction of what artif- what makes us human, what is artificial intelligence, and all of that. I think that is a noble pursuit. <laughs> Unfortunately, Robin Williams and Chris Columbus, and um, was it uh, Ilya Kazan's son or grandson Something who adopted like this, mm-hmm. did not get the note. <laughs> I would also say Robin Williams. Mm-hmm.
3: I said I Rob. Williams. Always, oh, you said Rob Williams.
4: Yeah. So me, I would, it's, I would say that again. It's just a lot of. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, it, so watching this movie two nights ago, I was hit with just a overwhelming sense of how did this get made in its current iteration. A um, hundred million dollar budget in nineteen ninety nine for this movie, which, by the way, this does not look like a what ultimately it would be one hundred and seventy today, one hundred and sixty something like that. This movie actually. Really looks bad. Um, So these were all kind of the things that hit me the hardest. I I also think that, and I think maybe this is a good place to start, which is to talk about the Robin Williams of it all for a second. And how this was a moment for him. So in 1999, he's got Bicentennial Man and Jacob the Liar. Okay, so he's got.
0: I don't (laughs) even remember that.
4: That was his Life is Beautiful, where he's in the Holocaust and he's.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Stop.
2: Stop. stop. No no, No more. No. no. They basically buried it because Life is Beautiful came out first and was beloved for some reason. Uh, (laughs) Probably
0: because it wasn't Jacob the Lion. Well, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So it's because it was Italian. He does these two movies back to back. Like in the same year, these two movies are released. And I think he has a real come to Jesus moment after that. I just want to say those are winning an Oscar for a guy like Robin Williams in 97
3: is probably a weird existential moment. Like, who am I at this point? And these movies are very emblematic of, like, who am I? All right, so everyone's saying i got to win a Best Actor now. How the fuck do I get there? Well, I'll take this insane path or this insane path. But he, you know, look, full disclosure, he's not my favorite guy. Yeah. No. <clears throat> um, I don't think, like, his comedies are particularly funny. I like some of his dramas, but, like, he's just he, – he he does a thing that, like, really does not work with my, like, constitution. But whatever. A lot of people do like him. And there, was, there were more Mrs. Doubtfires to be made, I, I'm i sure.
4: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that this is a – it is interesting to think of him because I'm going to pull up his filmography just so I this have it. The, but.
2: No, the 90s are like <laughs> – Robin Williams, he's like one of the biggest movie stars in the world. He's got Aladdin, which of course yes. takes him to another level. Mrs. Doubtfire is one of the big hits of the decade. The you like literally the Christmas before bicentennial man is Patch Adams, a revolting movie that nonetheless <laughs> makes like two hundred million dollars. Like does he it is, really? Yeah. yeah. Is a massive hit. And like there was every reason to expect Bicentennial Man was going to be 1999's Patch Adams, if not the Best
4: Picture <clears throat> nominee. Excuse me. So he does- Yeah, the good version of Patch. I think, look,
3: Patch well, Adams was also supposed to be a
4: mm-hmm.
3: Best Picture-esque nominee. The, yeah. You don't, you don't make those movies- Yeah. You know, like, uh, you don't make them hoping to be We Bought
4: a Zoo. No, I like, get I mean, know? but he also, I mean- Robin Williams is a guy who clearly takes the money or took the money sometimes, right? Where a project came his way, they met his quote, and he's like, okay, sure, you know, I'll be in Father's Day. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be in Flubber. I'll be in What Dreams May Come. Like, I'll just be in these movies. Oh, I, they're think, gonna I like, think that was a big story. That was a passion project.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I feel but, a lot of what, like I would come on the What Dreams Week Come yeah. podcast. Do
3: you remember what that looked like, that that movie? Yeah, the Nothing movie looked looks beautiful. like that
4: movie. My apologies. <laughs> that was a, that was that was the wrong that was the wrong one hey, to talk about. But uh, hey. like, I Adams hate Robert Williams,
3: but like that yeah. movie's kind of okay.
4: <laughs> I just I, you look at him so, to, to your point, right? So in the in, let's just in the '90s alone, he makes a lot of movies. He does Dead post Society in '89. Mm-hmm. He follows that up with Awakenings. Um, then he does the Fisher King, uh, Hook. You know, Aladdin, then he does Toys and I'm I'm going to go to, I'm going to ride for Toys because I think Toys is a totally batshit movie and Blank Check someday needs to do Toys. Like if nothing mm-hmm. else, that's one of the most Blank Checky crazy movies I've ever seen.
0: All right. I'm going to ride for Hook. Like if we're going to do this, <laughs> let's do this.
4: Everyone's riding for Hook. Hook is
0: All right. a good yeah. movie,
4: but Hook's also okay. better on paper than in execution. Oh God,
0: so much better on paper, but still.
4: <laughs> but, but also, you know, an to- interesting movie. To- I, I happen, I think, you know, I, I'm
3: pretty up on Toys. Yeah. Um and uh Toys Pretty is up on toys. toys is a very interesting movie in and of itself because that was Barry Levinson's lifelong passion yes. project. Like he wanted it to be his first movie. He wanted it to be his first movie. Which he is spent crazy. 10 years trying to get it made. Yeah. And that was supposed to be an Oscar movie.
4: Yeah. And weirdly
3: enough. Like it's, right. it's, I I would not ride for it if I were you. It's a very bad movie. I but
4: it's, I, I it don't is, agree. It's so
3: weird. It's so, weird. I think it's, weird. I think it's supremely weird. And, and that's, of,
4: and that's yeah. why I respect it. And I think the production design alone and some of the performances in that movie alone make it a worthwhile endeavor. But all that being said, but if you
3: look at the, the Robin Williams movies you're talking about, yeah. there are so many movies that he did kind of always have this streak of like, I think I can win an Oscar. I think I I think in the I, right world I, I,
4: totally, I can. Win an Oscar. Totally, totally so, agree with so. yeah. you. I mean, I think he does. So he does Jumanji Birdcage, 95-96. He does Jack, which I guarantee you he thought it was an Oscar play, but that movie is also insane. Copo. I want to yeah. talk.
0: Talk about that movie! <laughs> that movie is just that upsetting. movie is upsetting. Upsetting Nobody and has weird.
4: done
3: more fucking big, <laughs> big Oscar play misfires than this guy. I these like seven right here. These like Patch Adams, Jacob Jack, the Liar, Jacob the Liar. This stupid movie we're doing right now. Yep. So many big fucking swings that were. One Hour Photo whips. feels like an
4: Oscar play too. It absolutely does. Oh, yeah, so yeah. he does. That's a good movie though. Here's the weird thing that so he does. So he does uh, Goodwill Hunting and he wins an Oscar, which I don't think he imagined that was going to win him an Oscar but it does. I don't think that he knew what he signed on for but it turns into a great movie and he puts in a great performance and he wins an Oscar which I think he deserved. In that year I actually it's think I would have given It's a surprise come from
2: behind Oscar too. It is, Because everyone Reynolds, Reynolds leads yeah. the whole yeah. season and then he does say some stuff in an interview and yeah. kind of tanks his reputation that yeah. Robin Williams. Wins. I think
3: he, I think the whole thing with with that was that he thought it was a bad movie and a bad role and he was kind of embarrassed by yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have lost that. I mean it's it, to me He's great on Boogie Nights. He should have won every award of all time for that role, but whatever.
4: I mean, so he should have given
3: him the award this year for it.
4: Flubber and and Goodwill Hunting come out almost back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you've got Jacob the Liar Bicentennial Man. And that's when he takes a long, hard look in the mirror and says, I've I've made mistakes. And... (laughs) And he then does three films in One Hour Photo, Death to Smoochie, and Insomnia that all come out in 2002. Mm -hmm. And those are three interesting films and three interesting performances, which I actually think show you the gamut of what Robin Williams is capable of. Um, And then he just – I don't know if he – I don't know. Maybe he. I don't know if he finds it that he's sick at that point. I don't know what happens. But it, ultimately, from that point on, it's just a series of paychecks. It's just a series of like, how do I keep making movies? How do I just keep doing this? Because he doesn't do anything particularly interesting from that point on, in my except humble for opinion. World's Greatest Dad. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Yes, Kenny. Kenny rides for World's Greatest. See, Dad. It's the only, only good
3: movie. It's the yeah. only great movie he's ever done. But whatever.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but but to to come to sort of Bicentennial Man as the as the kind of the the nature the moment when he's like what the fuck happened here? Um, And I think that he talks, he talked about this movie being a a failure and a mistake. He did not speak highly of this film. It it feels like no one speaks highly of this film. Chris Columbus himself has also said like, I shouldn't have made that movie. Like it was, it just, it was not, it didn't make sense. Um, And it to this day just feels so strange to me. I, I, I was just baffled by the, by the oddity that is this movie. He, we, we don't see Robin Williams' face until an hour and 15 minutes into this movie. We see Fisher-Price version of him in, in an obvious suit with a weird jaw. Like when, when he speaks with that mask and the way that his mouth moves, it's very – l- if everyone could just see the faces of the three people on this podcast right now, everyone is just – they have like 1,000-yard <laughs> stares with hands on their heads just <laughs> un- clear as to like how this even exists and it we're, does we're
3: not even we're not even we're not even with, in with each
4: other yeah like, no that's I, the everyone's looking I, away
3: I'm like as you're as you're speaking I'm just like oh my god well, how did this really I mean, how, how did this, did this happen?
2: happen technology Can really does create disconnection <laughs> it's true <laughs> <laughs> you, like you
0: you're 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 smoothing over like the yeah. worst part which is that Robin <laughs> this is I can't believe this is where I'm going with this but okay. Robin Williams was 5'7 oh yeah so in this suit his proportions are so weird. One. He's so broad on top. And then his legs are weird. Yeah, he's like he's like a fat C-3PO in yeah. like a really unspelling <laughs> way. But like, but like two feet shorter. Yeah. And it just, it, he, he doesn't look like a robot. He, you I,
4: never build this robot. You no. would never, this is not a robot. Because all of the joints, all of the parts that need to move have like fabric. Because he's obviously wearing right. a suit. So it doesn't and also doesn't look like metal. No. Clearly All looks right. like some sort of a a silicone something or
3: other. So there's there's a point here, and this is <laughs> this is going into this like blank checky thing, which is the reason that this happened is because somebody obviously got it in Robin Williams' mind that he has to be in the suit. When he doesn't have to be in the suit. <laughs> It's that Tom Cruise stunt (laughs) shaming thing where everyone feels like Tom Cruise does a stunt. So if I don't do it, I'm not, you know, I'm not as much of a movie star as him. If he wasn't in the suit, I think there would have been this idea of like, well, you didn't even play the role. What's different between this and the genie? Mm -hmm. So... That's I can give you some point. reasons
4: why this is different than but the genie. I
3: just feel like, not that this movie would have been better, but Libby, your point might have been solved if yeah. someone was just like, well, our is not that bad. Let's just CGI it. Or let's just build a... And Jim, had it been CGI... Jim Henson
4: Robot. I think that portion of the film would have been shorter. I think that... which would have helped this movie. We take far too long with him in that fucking suit because to your point, they think they're getting Robin Williams because they've, they've squeezed him into this stupid latex suit. Which you're not. Which you're right. But I couldn't believe when I read it, it was really him in the suit. I couldn't believe that he would spend every day getting (laughs) into that stupid suit. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> they also had to shave him down to get him in the suit, too, because he's a, he was a notoriously hairy person. So they had to literally shave all of his body. Every, hair. every day it grows back like Homer Simpson's beard. <laughs> like, <a Chia> <laughs> <laughs> like they shave it, it's like they have like three hours. They're like, got to shave him down again. <laughs> It's just, it's crazy. Um, there's
3: guys. There's so much I want to talk to you two about, <laughs> oh, and guys. none of it is by Cetedio man. So the, the Oscars don't have a host, guys. <laughs> <laughs> not yet.
0: Well, that's the whole other thing. Like they've had, they've gone without a host late before. Like, yeah, So it's but not, not this even. Late. A, pretty close. Like the when first was time the, the Eddie Murphy. Hosted,
5: Eddie
4: Murphy Runder. was pretty late too. Oh, right? The, the Brett thing. Yeah.
3: The
0: first time, uh, the first time Kimmel hosted, it wasn't announced till like December fifteenth. No. Like, so we aren't that, but like that's the narrative we're playing into. But it is crazy.
4: Um, I'm, I love it.
3: Um, <laughs> let's so. Let, gonna, let's let's carve out a little piece at the end of this to talk
4: about current stuff. <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah, we're going to talk about current stuff. I'm going to give the synopsis of Bicentennial Man just to give some context. Know, it's like we, it's we like we just had Oak on the last episode and we spent like
3: 15 minutes talking about Hamilton because why wouldn't
4: we? We did because why wouldn't we? Because we mean, had to. You know, we had him on a mic and yeah. we, yeah. Uh, so the synopsis of *Bicentennial Man*: Richard Martin, played by Sam Neill, buys a gift—a new NDR one fourteen robot. The product is named Andrew, played by Robin Williams, by the youngest of the family's children because she mispronounces "android," so she calls him Andrew. Aww. Anyway, *Bicentennial Man* yeah, follows the life that, of- that really hammers home the idea of this man's humanity. <laughs> right,
3: <laughs> your name is a mispronunciation of Android.
4: By <laughs> <My laughs> man, follows the life and times of Andrew, a robot purchased as a household appliance, program to perform menial tasks. As Andrew begins to experience emotions and creative thought, the Martin family soon discovers they don't have an ordinary robot. <laughs> All right, Sorry, so I just
0: remembered the kitchen scene.
4: Which which one?
0: <laughs> when, <he's> <laughs> 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 when they just it from the.
2: So there's a scene in the movie. Oh, is this going, he's, when he's when he has like, to not be a slave anymore? No, he's he there. He's it. So he's uh whatever. They dismiss him from the table uh, because he's unsettling the wife,
0: uh, Wendy <laughs> Crewson. Just like my life. And he goes,
2: he goes and stands in. The kitchen and just you kind want, of looks at do you want her. Some Kleenex. Yeah.
4: We've got some tears, and he's
2: out of he's out of focus in the background of this like wide shot. It looks for all the world like like in the 2016 debates when Trump was like looming in <laughs> behind her, and it's treated as like this wacky,
4: goofy thing. But no, <laughs> oh, there <right>. he is. <laughs> oh, he's so goofy. It's it's. I mean, okay. I. Ugh, fuck all right so i just i'm I'm no i'm just trying to like process i want right. i'm so like
3: I, I want to wrap the i want to wrap the discussion around can i one can point I, okay, okay the point i want to make is <laughs> these robots were designed yeah to be household appliances to be really good toasters right yeah apparently this guy somehow like literally grew a brain it's like don't go don't go growing a brain now he yeah. grew a brain yeah. what the fuck are we supposed to believe happened here like what are we supposed to believe happened? Like this, it's like, like the
4: Big Bang. It's like some like fucking like was weird. He, so so thing. I mean,
3: was he was he touched by an angel? Was he? Is he just a glitch? That like, there there's the implications of what happened with this android mm-hmm. are far more reaching than like mm-hmm. can this man
4: like emancipate, emancipate himself from slavery? <laughs> Um, And then like the company that created him, that Stephen Root is running, who's like some mustache twirling villain who wants to like, I don't know, like take apart his brain or something like that to figure out how this happened, which Um, also is not a bad plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair. (laughs) Pretty solid. How did this happen? Um, So – very quickly bicentennial man opened on december 17th 1999 in fifth place behind stuart little with Crazy. 8.2 million dollars it would go on to make 87 million dollars worldwide on a 100 million dollar budget um that's a that's a disaster uh bicentennial that, that's man that's more
3: than south park made yeah, but South Park's budget was no, a I fraction. Of this, I know. but, but just,
4: yeah. America, not worth saving. Go ahead. <laughs> Bison's Man has 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, 58% from audiences. I will Same say guy. this. When I
2: said, uh, when I started snarking on this movie on Twitter, a whole bunch of people were like, this is one of my favorite movies. This really? This is a Whoa, movie I watch wow. every year. And, like, we're offended that I didn't like it. Including people, like, most, you know, mostly randos, but, like, a couple of people whose opinions, like, I
4: genuinely respect. What? Yeah.
2: I'm going to
0: need their names.
4: That's crazy. Yeah.
2: Name and
0: shame.
4: No, I'm not. I'm not. No, never. Uh, So, I'm going to read a little bit of Ebert's review here because Ebert seemed to really be grappling with some stuff in this review. I think that he... So, the movie's buried themes have to do with self-determination and the rights of the individual. Like many of Asimov's robot stories, it deals with the enigma of having the intelligence of a man without the rights or the feelings. Bicentennial Man could have been an intelligent, challenging science fiction movie, but it's too timid, too eager to please. It wants us to like Andrew, but it's difficult to... It's difficult... But it is difficult at a human deathbed to identify with the alumina, aluminum mourner. Strange how definitely the film goes wrong. At the 60-minute mark, I was really enjoying it. Then it slowly abandons its most promising themes and paradoxes, turns into a series of slow, sappy scenes involving love and death. And since the beloved woman is essentially always the same person, played by Embeth Beth Davids, the movie begins to feel very long and very slow. And by the end, when Andrew hopefully says, see you soon, we hope he is destined for the home appliance heaven. I will say, like,
2: uh, <laughs> having read a lot of Ebert, Asimov is absolutely an author he probably would have loved. And right. Asimov, this is the first, I believe, the first major, major adaptation of Asimov by a studio. Ooh. And Asimov is a writer well, that I mean, Hollywood still hasn't gotten right.
3: Blade
4: Runner, right?
2: No, Philip K. Dick. Oh, Blade Runner. sorry.
4: Yeah. No, right. Asimov is like Foundations, his big one, right? The Founda- the yeah, right and, right and technically TV
2: Bicentennial Man is part of the Foundation oh, really? world, but like in an <laughs> extreme far off. Right, you know, corner of it. So
4: they will not be talking about that on the Apple Series yeah. <laughs> foundation that they're trying to do right now. I, I mean, I think that you mentioned it earlier. AI is the movie this wants to be, um, and AI in itself, and we'll. I think we should talk, sort of, do a deep dive into AI. But AI is also a film that is flawed and has its own problems. But it finds a way to make its world interesting. If nothing else, I was interested and I was captivated through that entire running time.
3: Well, it's visually arresting in its own way. So at least it kind of feels like the future. This only takes place in 2005, allegedly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that is. Uh, AI. AI paints a really dark picture, and AI has AI speaks to the far-reaching implications of this kind of technology. Whereas this is this is like honestly like a really really stupid way to look at Mm -hmm. at artificial intelligence, just in terms of the one person who. I kept feeling like, yeah, okay, but who cares? Like, what about the, like, like this is a big deal. This can turn into the matrix. Let's, or this can turn into Terminator. Let's talk about what actually is going on here. Yeah. Well,
0: can we talk about the fact that Andrew apparently can't feel empathy because he obviously associates himself more with um, humans than he does with quote unquote his own kind. Like, how yeah. yeah? How disturbingly he treats Galatea with
4: Galatea made me want to literally shoot my television. So well, I just no, want, to it, want to be clear that's
0: that's justifiable. But he goes around <laughs> and like he's well, trying to find someone like himself. But then he's like, mm, well, they're like, not that's special interesting. like me. Most
2: of them are dead, and he doesn't care. <laughs>
0: yeah, his his yeah. He, I didn't
4: even think about that.
0: He wants to find someone special like him, yeah. but he doesn't give a shit if they're not him special. yeah yeah like like he, when he
4: sees other robots he's he's shitty to them like the robot that he sees at the baseball game i think that's like doing the the lines or yeah. something like or he's just really shitty to all the robots that don't think like him
0: right and so like, like he's better than them like <laughs> like here is my question why is it better to be human Like, because right now I don't feel like it's
3: You just open. You just opened a door. So, and 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 and, and, and I don't like what's inside that. It's just a bunch of dead robot parts (laughs) in there. But no, it's like you know who I always think about. So true. This is going to be hilarious. But you know who I always think about? I always think about Coco the uh, Coco the Coco the gorilla. Because Coco the gorilla (laughs) was able to sign. He was able to tell you what, or she was able to tell you what she thought, and. It would would be as if Coco the gorilla looked at the other gorillas and was like – Fucking you can't even guys. sign. Yeah. <laughs> let's, eat, let's, let's eat them. I'm going to be hanging out with the humans outside. Yeah. Yeah. Just signing away. Yeah. Just because yeah. he's a little. Ele- You're so right, Libby. God, what a disgusting movie. Now I hate when it he,
4: even more. When he sees. When he goes on his, his bullshit journey to try to find other his robots. Walkabout. His walkabout. <laughs> where, where he sees like two dead robots and he's like, fuck these guys. You know, he like, doesn't even try to like wake them up or do anything. He's just like, ugh. Like,
3: and clearly
0: he has all the intelligence in the yeah, world. Like, yeah. it's not like he he could couldn't fix them. them
3: also how does he like this is like a pretty obvious like racial parable like how doesn't it realize like he could easily yeah. be be confused for one of these yeah.
2: robots who don't have the ability to fucking build grandfather, grandfather clocks. clocks so the the great question of all criticism is how do we separate what is great from what is good mediocre bad etc like how do we separate the handful of things that are great from everything else And Bicentennial Man has helped me answer this question, so I no longer need to be a critic. I have surpassed
5: the field. You are the Andrew Morton
2: of critics. (laughs) I I am. But what it made me realize was I was thinking about why does AI work? I I really like AI. I get why some people don't. But AI, I think even if you don't like it, you have to grapple with it. You don't have to grapple with Bicentennial (laughs) Man. And like what it is is I think on the part of the artist, the capacity for self-doubt Chris Columbus has no No. capacity for self-doubt. He doesn't look at this story and say, this is effectively a story about a benevolent white slave owner who like releases his slave. Begrudgingly. Yeah. Begrudgingly. (laughs) And like treats him as like a hero. Steven Spielberg takes AI and turns it into a story about how humanity is fucked up and we're going to kill the planet and like robots might survive us. And is
4: that good or is that like sad or what is it? So, Well, that's one of my, one of my favorite lines in AI is, uh, Jude Law Joe says to David, uh, "They hate us because they know that when they're gone, all that's going to be left is us." And I, I think there is something to that. And this film, similarly, has a basically its feeling is robots suck, humans are the best.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Also, also being, <laughs> like, but I actually think that that's fine. Like, I do think robots suck and humans are the best. Like in the great scheme. <laughs> Have you seen yes. those things that like climb upstairs? <laughs> 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 no, I do. I think like I mean just if you if you're going like that like base level sure, yes, it's better to be human, but it's very it's a very boring perspective that's, for that's a the movie. Problem. That's the problem. You know, yeah. it's like a very boring thing that like he's not full he's not he's not he's not fulfilled yeah. unless he can, you know, literally have our organs and our blood and the ability to
4: die. Like there's nothing really beautiful about that. Also for a movie that prides itself in theory on rules It doesn't explain a fucking thing. I don't understand how injecting blood into this fucking robot makes him age.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, me neither, but it definitely ruined my toaster, so.
4: (laughs) Oh, I want want to make one point
3: about about Sam Neill and the benevolent white slave owner. Um. (laughs) The, the character I identify with most, of course.
5: Uh My
3: point about Sam Neil is basically like, all right, slave owners are obviously all the worst because they know that they're enslaving people. Yeah. This is not a normal situation he's went into <laughs> right, here. Right, right, right. <laughs> like all of a sudden, like he's- It went of, sideways yeah, on him. all of a sudden yeah. his blender like is- <laughs> like having conversations with him and it's like, wait, 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 what do I, I, I do with this? Do <laughs> I, think this
2: is, it's like, I don't
4: think this is it's like, I, like, how, like, but I will say that your point is, is true, but then it, it, he owns it in a way that's fucked up, which is that. Mm-hmm. So he has this inkling that, Oh shit, this robot's smarter than the average robot. But then he like takes ownership of it. And he's like, the fuck you're going anywhere. Yeah. You smart robot. You're staying here and I'm going to like teach you shit. I guess like, He's pissed when the robot's brain grows to a place where it's like, I don't want to be here anymore. But he also, when he takes him to that, the, the, the robot company, he's like weirdly like shitty about it. Where he's like smug about, he's like, well, I got this, I got the smartest robot in town. So like, <laughs> I go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm
0: just thinking about Andrew as the Yogi Bear of like robots. <laughs> <laughs> like, smarter than the average. Than the average. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um,
2: I don't think that it, I think the thing about Chris Columbus is I don't know that it occurred to him how much of a slavery analogy this was and how he needed to play that very carefully. Uh, because like, I get why Sam Neill does what he does. And I get, I think they're playing it more as like the Pixar thing of, I never want to see my kids go away, but it's weird when it's like
4: fat Robin Williams robot. (laughs) It's like, that's my son. (laughs) You're not going anywhere. So, um, Mm. you bring up Chris Columbus. This feels like a good time to talk about him a little bit. um, A very interesting career. We talked about Joe Johnson the other week oh, yeah. with uh, October Sky, and they feel kind of similar to me. They both feel like kind of guns for hire, guys that don't really have anything particularly interesting about their work, but they're very workmanlike, their stuff looks decent, it's accessible, and and for the most part, Pretty successful now. Chris Columbus has the Harry Potter movies, so he's kind of in a different category than Joe Johnson. That's a different thing, though. That's, yeah. I know that's yeah. just,
3: That's just that's like that's like a which he never should have directed Captain America. Movie. You know, I think Captain America the first one, first Avenger, is a great yeah. movie
2: too. Yeah, those are just properties that they just did well with, and that's kind of what these guys can right. do. Joe yeah. Johnson yeah. is ten times the filmmaker. Chris Columbus is. I don't think Joe Johnston's a great filmmaker, but he like. He knows he, he has yes. his passions.
0: Spoken by two people who recently, for some reason, rewatched Honey I Shrunk the Kids.
4: Which is a good movie.
2: It is a good movie. I love movie.
0: that movie. Fun little movie. But the thing is, like, he was so much better with practical effects, yeah. I think. Like, I would watch Joe Johnston's version of this movie because he would have been able to make a costume, I think, that.
4: Yes,
2: I agree. Wasn't I,
0: a huge distraction. Like, I think even that, at a- yeah baseline.
2: And his fascination with sci-fi pulp from the 40s and 50s
4: would have informed this
0: movie in 100%.
2: a 100%
4: needed. You you get the distinct impression here that 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 Chris Columbus was like, yeah, I, w- I want to do a sci-fi movie. Like that that's basically I'm the not, most thought he put into it. I'll ride for Chris Columbus a little bit.
3: Um Chris Columbus's first movie in my opinion is better than anything Joe Johnson did. Adventures in Babysitting? Yes. I love
4: Adventures in Babysitting. I think Adventures
3: Babysitting is a is a cooler, funnier, weirder, more subversive uh, movie, then I think that, that, that movie excites me. And I'm not kidding about home alone, but home alone is my, home bi- a great movie. it's my bicentennial, man. If you come in home alone, I'm going to freak it, freak out on Twitter
4: about you. <laughs> I don't mean to, it sounds like I'm being harder on Chris Columbus than I actually am. I agree with you. I think, I think I love, uh, adventures of babysitting. I think home alone is a great movie. I understand why people like Mrs. Doubtfire. It's not my thing so much, but I get why people like it. Um, Mel, my roommate, adores Stepmom. It's not my thing, but she really loves it. And a lot of people do really love it. It's a Christmas classic in some weird way. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think that we have to also give him credit for casting Harry Potter. Whether or not those first two movies are all that great, and I don't think they are, he did masterfully cast it. And he's great with kids, and he understood how to do that really well.
3: They're pretty good, man. Like, yeah, so no, we, I, I just rewatched them with my kids. Like, the first two are pretty great but he, i think they are but, but
4: he doesn't get a pass for bicentennial man he doesn't get a pass for rent which he completely buggered in my opinion rent could have been great and i think he did a pretty shitty job on you that you guys
3: ever heard or watched Lindsay ellis's takedown of rent no, no. Mm-hmm. it's so good maybe rethink that in a way that made me uncomfortable and sad because i love rent but she's totally right yeah. about the musical
2: or about well, the movie the musical, okay. well, it starts from the movie to
4: take down the musical as a whole oh interesting yeah. Yeah. okay so. well i mean i think that more than anything, I think Chris Columbus and Joe Johnson both have their ups and their downs, and I think are more similar as filmmakers than people maybe give them credit for. I think Joe Johnston Jurassic Park Three probably should have been a bigger movie, mm-hmm. and had it been a bigger movie, he probably would be a bigger filmmaker right now. I think Jumanji is a good film as well. Um, well, I'm as good as Jumanji Two, but what are you going to do? I mean, Kenny cried at Jumanji I think Two recently, Jumanji so. so, good. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what the takeaway I from think, that uh, is. I think Chris Columbus
2: is a really good screenwriter. Uh,
4: Kremlins,
2: oh, that's right. Gremlins is yes. a very yes. good screenwriter. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah. What I think is interesting here is Chris Columbus, I think, was at this point in his career a cut above like Joe Johnston in terms of like what Hollywood expected from him. Because you see the movies he makes in the late 90s, the premise is like nine months is what if someone got pregnant? The premise of Stepmom is what if there was a stepmom? And the premise is this. <laughs> The premise of this is like robots are robots and humans. What about that? But like what we, about that? What about the last time that we were here, we talked about the Story of Us, which is part of Rob Reiner's quest to win an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, at this point in time, Rob Reiner, Chris Columbus, Ron Howard, these are three guys where where Hollywood was like, they're gonna win an Oscar someday. And like Chris Columbus kept running at that wall, and then he got into the Harry Potter machine and like whatever you think of those. That changed his career completely. Um, and yeah, so like at this point in time, Chris Columbus is
4: one of the guys that people are looking to as like the next Spielberg, you yeah. know? Is he going to get to that next echelon? Which, again, is similar to Joe Johnston. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that uh, he had a similar trajectory as well.
3: I mean, I don't know. I, Chris Columbus was more Spielberg approved, though. Mm-hmm. So Joe Johnson was kind of coming at it from sideways, right? Yeah. yeah. Whereas Chris
4: Columbus was his guy. Yeah. I mean, so Spielberg produces Gremlins. And Goonies. Oh, that's right. And Goonies, yeah. So, like, I think that, I don't think it was just, it was just lip service,
3: this idea that this guy could win an Oscar. I mean, you know, the king, the king knighted him.
2: Yeah. No, there's a version of Stepmom that's terms of endearment, that premise. For
4: sure. But with that cast,
2: it got Chris Columbus. Could
3: you imagine if that was, could you imagine if in 1998 a movie came out about a stepmom that was
4: a classic? I mean I could see I mean I
3: a studio movie with those people?
4: I Chris couldn't. Columbus is a guy that to 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 everyone's point here sort of had a fulcrum point and he could have got to that next level. I think he is a talented screenwriter and I think he is a I think he's a talented filmmaker. I just think that he's just way too safe. He just wants your love too much. And whether you like Joe Johnson or not, and whether or not you like October Sky, that movie isn't I don't think is longing for the same level of Please love me mm. as basically everything else that Chris Columbus has done.
0: Like pixels.
4: It's the self-doubt thing. You need to be <laughs> like willing to risk the audience hating you. And I don't think Chris Columbus he, ever. Exactly. And that's why this movie fails. Because he's so hell-bent on making sure that you're feeling good. And by the way, not a fucking trope of science fiction. Science fiction is supposed to push you. As a genre. Sorry, I didn't So that.
0: then, no, as a falcon point for Robin Williams, Robin Williams' next three roles are like, I don't care if you hate me.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, Death to Smoochie, say what you will. And I actually think Death to Smoochie is a funny movie. And in its time was, was you know, people fucking hated it. People a, also loved it. People did. It's a gross movie. That is Robin Williams going full, like, gross and and broken and sad in a way that. To your point, he stopped caring whether or not people loved him for a brief instant, and then he just pivoted right back to it. Oh, but man. he had not a little really, bit. Really,
3: not really. So, like 2002, there, there are those three movies you're talking about, which all kind of they feel like he heard the people like me being like, "I get your shit," and I kind of hate it. <laughs> and he went, he took three, two villain roles, right? One hour photo and Sons are like kind of two like serial over the roles. top yeah, villains. Yeah. Dead to Smoochie's kind of a villainous role mm-hmm. too, in its own way. And I think he did have that point to to Libby's point, which is go fuck yourselves. I'm Robin Williams, yeah. like go fuck yourselves. Yeah. He didn't really go back to what he did before that. He went nowhere after that. He, he just, went way after that. He just took paychecks. What I, what I
2: think is interesting is literally the same point in time Tom Hanks is doing the exact same thing. Like he has Castaway in 2000, which he was already filming when mm-hmm. Green Mile came out. And Green Mile made everybody be like, Are we sick of Tom Hanks? And then Castaway made us all say, No, we're not. Um, Yeah. But like he goes into 2002 and he does Road to Perdition. Perdition. Yeah. He does The Lady Killers in there. He does a bunch of very un Tom Hanks stuff. And that's like, it's like an interesting thing that like the 90s are this like benevolent white guys have solved everything and they are exemplified by Robin Williams and Tom Hanks. And then they're just immediately like, No, we want to play some
4: dark, shady. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is really interesting. It yeah, Tom, also
3: happened with Tom Cruise with Collateral. Mm-hmm. It also happened with I would say John Travolta went uh, kind of went dark around this period too after playing a bunch of heroes. I think that's it. I think a lot of white guys got a little tired of themselves. Mm-hmm.
4: It also feels a little bit like the last, the last time when movie stars mattered on a certain level too, like where movie stars still opened movies. Where, and I I mean, there's an argument to be made for Tom Hanks. I mean, most of these guys can still open movies, whatever that means, but it's just not to the same degree. I mean, Road to Perdition does incredibly well, even though Tom Hanks is miscast in that movie. I like Road to Perdition fine, and Tom Hanks is not terrible in it. He's just not the right guy for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and I think I just it's very interesting to see the studio system in the early 2000s, as the movie star becomes less and less relevant, and IP becomes more and more relevant, where sort of it all shakes out. And Rob Williams just kind of just kind of coasts and just stays off the radar, makes a bunch of movies that do fine, but don't really set the world on fire, and makes money in the process. Chris Columbus, meanwhile, I mean, I, I, I don't know, he just kind of He's kind of in nowhere land right now, if you ask me. I'm not really sure what his. He's got some movie called Five Nights at Freddy's. That Excuse I me.
2: He produced the. Uh, he produced the Christmas Chronicles, uh, Legend oh, yes. of Santa Claus, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Did with, you guys uh, watch that? Dil- uh, Dilf yeah. Santa. You, you, you want to do a quick, uh, a, just a quick <laughs> yeah, two second Absolutely. Uh, sure. <laughs> Uh, it's the kind of movie where the non Bruce Springsteen members of the E Street Band perform a song with Kurt Russell in jail, while the elves try to break Santa out of jail. And uh, Winston, that happens in the movie. Yeah, Winston from New Girl there is like, I think that's the real Santa, and then that's Yep, uh, going to see that kind of
3: movie.
2: <laughs> I
4: think your kids are going to force you to watch that.
2: I,
3: my, you know, my wife is trying to get us to watch it, and I I was a little nervous that it's inappropriate.
0: Uh, I would not we, say it's inappropri-
2: I would not say it's inappropriate like No,
0: the subtext is just that Santa fucks. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Okay, there, yeah, there you yeah. go.
2: It's it it is Dilf Santa, right? Like yeah. it, it's kind of has yeah. that And he's like vibe. mad that everybody thinks he's fat. Like he sees like paintings of Santa and he's like, "I'm not fat." But, yeah, oh, this is fun. Yeah, it's totally. There you fun. go. Your kids are going to love it. It's not a very good movie, but like it's
4: totally watch. Want to watch it tonight? Have you seen Pixels? No. no I- <laughs> I love myself too much. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> so, I want to read just a portion of uh, The Hunt for the Worst Movie that uh, on on Bicentennial Man. I know that Kenny might not have loved this takedown, but I I found it thoroughly enjoyable. It just had that it had the it had the, it had the air of like we hate movies. That's and But this just, is also – this hunt for the worst no, movie is no. all about that. It just kind of like
3: the, the whole we hate yes, movies thing just kind of bugs me. But that's I just say – That's what we're doing all episodes. You mentioned, <laughs>
2: he's doing, you mentioned he's doing Five Nights at Freddy's, which is – What is that? A fascinating uh, sidebar here, which is Chris Columbus keeps trying to get back to gremlins and goonies. Five Nights at Freddy's right. is a video game. I believe it's about – you're a kid who gets stuck in like a Chuck E. Cheese at night and the animatronics come to life and try to kill you. And like, you have to survive that. And like, I could get on board with that as a Goonies slash uh, gremlins type premise. Great.
4: I don't know if Chris Columbus still has that in him to yeah. do that. That's, I mean, I, I <clears throat> yep, I'm curious. I I'm curious. I, again, Chris Columbus is not a guy that I out of hand say like, I don't care. And I don't want to see any of your movies. It's he's a guy I could still get interested in pixels. It's interesting though. He was completely scrubbed from that movie. The press for that film, all of it, the lead up to it, no one talked about the fact that Chris Columbus made this film. Now, I don't know if that's because he saw it and he was like, I don't want anything to fucking do with this thing. Or if they were like, let's just ride Adam Sandler and and Kevin James into the sunset. I don't know. But either way, no one really talks about the fact that Chris Columbus made that film. Anyway, home for the worst movie. Uh, I'm just going to read a small portion. After the sex scene, they are having breakfast, and that insane woman says that if they stay together, it will be difficult because society will not accept their love for one another. True. You love a robot. You fuck a robot. A robot who looks like Robin Williams. But so That's that's the important part. It kind of is. If it was a hot
3: robot, it would be different.
4: But there's something here that I think is interesting that I want to kind of unpack, which is they say – Uh, So that's when Robin Williams appeals to the future space Jetsons court of international United planets or whatever to declare him a human and recognize his robot human marriage. And I just want to say something real quick. I'm all for freedom. I'm all for brave heroes. But if you're worried about how others might view your relationship, you don't have to make your relationship the poster child for that movement. And I think there's something to that a little bit. Like this movie is trying to be grandstanding in a very strange way. How do you feel
3: about the loving story?
4: The loving story,
3: yeah, dude. That's they're wrong. Yeah, they're like, like the the, the parable this, the, of I that. Think it's, they're
4: wrong. Well, like, I think they're speaking specifically to to robots, less so than than I think the the loving, which couple. is my point. They're
3: wrong. Like like the allegory of this has to. They, they, I'm not saying they nail the allegory. I'm saying they miss the allegory so terribly. But right. but their their point is about the allegory, right? and they're wrong. Like okay. I like this is if this really is the first human robot marriage and we're supposed to accept this idea that a robot can quote unquote become a human. Right. Stand up, get in front of the council to declare yourself human and, and let everyone know that your love is okay. I think that's
4: I just to be very clear, I'm not suggesting. I think it's more the fact that this movie is so muddled in terms of what it's saying about is he a robot? Is he human? Because they keep injecting him, or literally filling him with pseudo human organs and blood, that I don't really think that that they're particularly clear about what they're saying. I'll make, in a, this. I'll make a
3: related point that I think is kind of a better point than what that that thing says, which yeah, yeah, is okay.
4: basically if you're going to make this argument, yeah, make it with a better movie. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that I, I mean ultimately I would agree with that. Obviously,
0: well, here's the problem, and I think this is the. Problem of the movie in a nutshell. He's not going before that council to get the approval for human robot marriage because he doesn't give a shit about robots. He's going before totally. doing the council totally. to be made a human. Yeah. And that's different. completely different. Like, yeah. that's – and and that's – I don't know. I, it makes me feel gross. Nobody
2: like, – go go ahead. Sorry.
0: I mean, it's just it's, – it's a really fucking terrible version of Pinocchio. Um, yeah. And AI was already a really – good if if complicated version of Pinocchio, I mean not already, but it, it's it also owns thing. the
4: Pinocchio of it all
0: well, exactly you know what
4: I mean, like this movie doesn't own anything that it's saying, it's so just fine, like it just doesn't it doesn't actually try to engage on anything It's also so much
2: more interesting if you're frozen as what appears to be a little kid for eternity, like right, right. if you're totally. if you become Robin Williams, it's then it's just like mm, eh, I don't know, and if you
3: die. Which he dies, spoiler alert. <laughs> it takes the teeth out of anything they're trying to do. Well, they're not trying 100%. to do it, that's the point. They're trying to give you, a, they're trying to give you a, a, a like a sanitized version of what this could look like. Like, you know, it's gonna be okay when AI comes along, because you're just gonna want to be us anyway. It's just gonna be more new humans and and you will learn to love them. When in fact, I'm of the school of thought that one of two things are gonna happen. Either it's gonna be obliteration for us, or they'll make our lives significantly better, but they will outlast us and they will ultimately have more like kind of or will become them. them. Like we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll basically Merged we'll together. become yeah. more more them than us. But right? you know what I think it's really interesting that you're saying. Which is where, what I tell my kid all the time. I say am I'm, I'm never gonna die. I'm just gonna become a robot. You're gonna become an Alexa. Yes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I think what's really <laughs> I will live in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> forever. <laughs> but I think that that's a really interesting point because I remember one of the th- one of the things that a lot of critics dinged AI with and uh, I remember Ebert in particular said that his problem was that he felt like David was a glitch. Mm-hmm. He felt like David was just stuck in a cycle. And I think that that's kind of the fucking point. Like robots can't die. They can just run out of juice or their batteries stop working or whatever the case might be. And that's sort of the point. And I remember a lot of people complained with AI that they wish that the film ended when he's trapped under the Ferris wheel under the water, just asking the blue fairy to make him a real boy, make him a real boy. And then of course you have your your jump forward of however many years and the robots wake him up and give him his dream of seeing his mom and all that and getting into bed with his mom. And it's a lot, but I think that I think the frustration that people have, or at least what we have with this movie and with AI movies or robot movies in general, is trying to anthropomorphize them, trying to make them human, trying to give them our attributes in order for us to understand them is a fool's errand. And we shouldn't stop trying to do that. This movie should have ended with him watching M. Beth Davis die and being like, fuck, everything I love dies. And someday I will either run out of juice or whatever it is. I'm a fucking robot. Like own the robot. Don't, try to fucking merge it into humanity. Also
3: don't give him a penis.
4: Well that, I mean, yeah.
3: Like don't give him don't a penis. Like I did, cuz that was part of my first note. Don't give him a penis too. Right? Like there is
4: there I mean everyone
3: knows there's a great robot human romance movie. Her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And her Absolutely. Her is also a movie that kind of is 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 weirdly kind of comfortable with the idea of humans and robots living at the same time and not necessarily setting out to destroy each other. Um, and it is incredibly sad in its own way, but it's not sad because anybody dies or kills. Or kills people, and you know she doesn't show up in human form. Thank fucking God, with like working parts. Um, absolutely. And, I mean, the whole like like I I think this movie is really kind of gross. I think I think we've hit on some things that really make me uncomfortable.
4: Can I just say something about the her of it all, which I think is really interesting? Because I think what's interesting about her is that it's about consciousness, that it's about connection. This movie makes the the I mean, and listen, it's a movie, whatever about making it tactile. What's amazing about her is that it's just about two consciousnesses coexisting, falling in love with each other or finding that connection. That's interesting.
0: Well, her, I mean, they're a reflection of their time, right? Because in 1999, I mean, the robot comes and he's not even fully he doesn't have full access to all of the information in the world as featured on the internet. Like he still has to be taught things like why, like yeah. the internet exists. So clearly they didn't understand the capacity for knowledge and connection through that. So, and they didn't understand that people can make connections through non-physical means, uh, like they did much better on which <laughs> they understood much more in her. Um, So, they're they're mirrors for how we understood human interaction on the internet, how we understood human interaction just in general. It's a
4: technological advancement that allows her to exist, which I completely get. But I feel like this movie misses an emotional connection. Oh, yeah. Let alone a consciousness connection. I I assume everybody can
3: speak to this much better than I can because I'm only like 12 episodes in. But also... The Good place messes with this idea too with mm-hmm. Janet and John, you or Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly where I am right now in my watching. Of we will the not spoil anything for you, but it's you can spoil things for people. But, but there is this they're all I just watched the episode where they go to the medium place, the woman's house, and they can't have sex. Yeah, obviously, and he's the world's dumbest man and he's trying to do it. And there's something just interesting about that point.
4: Well, they We're they go with absolutely, it. and I and I would say, and I'm, I'm gonna dance around the the content of the episode but janet's is a perfect mm-hmm. example of that which please was, do that's the reason i'm trying to watch this whole this whole series because of what everyone's saying about that one episode. that episode yeah. which I'm, i will not say anything but i will say that 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 is the first episode that deals with identity and what it means to be a person and how it all folds into one another that's all i'll say about it but it, to your point i think that that is that that show definitely grapples with those ideas um so there's a couple little bits of of shit that i found out about this movie online uh that it was originally planned to be with tom hanks and uh directed by wolfgang peterson what that movie is that would is so much wish.
2: That would be so much better there's be <laughs> would, so, would such an interesting movie like it might be colossal failure but i would might? like watching it more <laughs> would-,
3: would hanks had been in the suit
4: no, probably not. Uh, he did the mocap for, uh, Polar, for Express. Polar Express. Well, mocap's one thing. I think Tom Hanks is one of those guys that, unlike Robin Williams, didn't really. Robin Williams didn't do a ton of voice work. He only did. He only did Aladdin and Robots. Ironically, um, Happy Feet. <laughs> well, hmm? and
5: eventually.
4: oh, Happy Feet. You're right. You're right. But and, like and
3: uh, AI.
4: I don't know if you saw. Yes, that. yes, yeah, Doctor No. A small part in but yeah. but like Tom Hanks, I think recognized that there was at least post Toy Story that he could do stuff in that lane that he didn't want to do in live action anymore, which is sort of that like hyper over the top sort of like
0: physicality,
4: overtly comedic stuff that he could do that through voice work. Whereas Robin Williams, I just, he was like, no, 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 uh, put me in the fucking suit. Put me in coach. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's weird, but that's what happened. Uh, I hate that Chris Columbus's production company is called 1492. It really pisses me off. Uh, Someone should tell Chris Columbus that Chris a- Columbus kind of sucks. That's a real A to C joke there. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, no one acts like a human in this movie, Like
2: mm-hmm.
4: which, which makes it also a head scratcher since this robot so desperately wants to be these humans, which act surprisingly robotic. So there is something cyclical to that. Um, I did watch it, thinking what this film would be like had it was directed, had it been directed by other directors. Like Cronenberg came to mind specifically with all the like weird yeah. organ shit. Mm-hmm.
0: There's some definite body horror, right? This movie, like.
4: That made me go like, I mean, obviously Cronenberg never gets this movie, but that movie is just way more interesting. Your thoughts about Existence aside, no, no.
3: but but there. It's like it's like the it's like the photo negative of body horror. It's like it's like body romanticism, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. they're that's like, very true. like 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 they have these like beautiful spleens and beautiful livers that like who wouldn't want these perfect beautiful organs? It's ve- it's like so it's such a weird counterpoint to what Cronenberg does. Uh, and I like I never I don't really truly don't really as you know from ex- from the existence. Episode. I really don't understand body horror. Like, that doesn't land with me. I'm not, I, for whatever reason, I've never reckoned with my own body the way he does.
4: Sure, sure. But
3: this is as weird if not weirder to me well because it's
4: romanticized in a way that actually is actually i fully agree with you there's something very strange about that whole sequence when like there he's all the all the organs that they're are being made gorgeous that's the best beautiful looking thing in the it's movie. like a fucking yeah. apple store yeah. it's like it's the strangest thing i just i it's it's all very weird but it did make me kind of in my head think like what's chris nolan's version of it and i was like oh that's probably westworld um so and and westworld what? is a show that
2: Mm-hmm. I just no, was please. gonna say I would watch like somebody who is com- up and coming at this point in time who could have made this really interesting is Fincher. Sure. Fincher would have made a like super weird and dark
4: version of it, but that's kind of what it needs. Or or a Vincenzo Natale, Quite mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. like I think Splice is a super weird movie, but I kind of love it. And he's a guy who's obviously working a lot in the in the Westworld world that I think is really interesting. Um, you know, I, I have my problems with Westworld, but I will say that at the very least they're trying to challenge their viewer a little bit and bring up some ideas that whether or not they're any good or ideas that, quite frankly, we all haven't already thought of in the various sci-fi movies that we've seen, it's at least trying. That's part of the problem with this movie is it's not challenging you in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it doesn't even have the balls to talk about, to actually explicitly say that they're giving him a penis.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
2: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: Kind of. They don't. He says, it, I'm going to complete you. And then he like looks at his
5: it's groin. Cl- it's
3: clear to me what's happening. It's also clear to me they had sex. That, him, but, but, him with his shirt on. I was just going to say Even though he's a robot.
0: <laughs> I, like, why is he wearing a shirt? You, you, because he's been shaved. All you wanted was uh, this guy. Ding, 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 ding.
4: Oh. <laughs> That's it, either. no one wants to see a shaved uh, Robin Williams looking like a dolphin you know,
3: you know what no one wants to no one wants to see <laughs> no one wants to see fat three p o either so like you know, I think we're well past who cares i i mean I love that the one thing they did oh, give him like the one like human trait that they gave him was like shame over his own body yeah. like that I could relate to
5: <laughs> you know. <laughs>
4: Uh, apparently, Tim Allen was considered for the role of uh, Andrew, Yeah, but he turned it down to do Galaxy Quest, thank Christ. Uh, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Could you believe that? Can you imagine I, Tim Allen? Did- <laughs> oh, my God.
5: Tim <laughs> I would Allen love in this
2: movie would have been fucking pleasure. bonkers. <laughs> I would love this movie with Tim Allen in full home improvement <laughs> mode, where he's like, more power. <laughs> and like, as he like shoves his body full of goop. We have come up with oh, at shit. least six <laughs>
3: versions of this movie that are I way more are interesting. I would love—I mean, I, no one does this, but I would love for studios to to start looking at the really bad properties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, and be like, we we own the rights to Bicentennial Man. Yeah. Let's do a Bicentennial Man remake. Yeah. And I would just but give it to someone crazy, yeah, like someone totally fucking insane, and just see what happens.
0: Were we talking about that? We did we <laughs> talk about how to redo Bicentennial Man?
2: We did. Like, the thing is that a lot, it would be so similar to AI. I'm not sure it's worth it. The problem with Bicentennial Man is it's a 1976 story with very 1970, like a very 1976 question about consciousness. And like Mm -hmm. Asimov was like the only guy out there talking about this stuff, but he influenced so many other people who now have. So it's made in 99. And when you watch it in 2018, now 2019, like, There's all this stuff they haven't thought about just from the practical level of like, oh, he'd have internet connection. Oh, like technology would change. Oh, um, you know, climate change is a thing this movie doesn't think about. The idea that AI is invented but once by accident and like nobody cares is.
4: is That's actually, it's very astute that like the world seemed okay in 99.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: So the future seemed like everything was going to be fine. Like no one, had this movie been made post 9-11, for instance, I think everything is drastically different. Mm -hmm. I think that the the headspace of the country in 99, despite, you know, your Monica Lewinsky, what have you, seemed pretty optimistic about the future. So this movie just feels like a flat fucking line when it comes to the future. Like there's nothing particularly, there's no conflict. Like AI is like, like, like AI
2: is like, the World Trade Center is going to be underwater. This movie is like the World Trade Center is going to be two times taller and have bridges between the two towers. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. But you also like you get into the end of the movie. It's impossible now to see the "I want to get married to my girlfriend" thing not as a same-sex marriage parable. Um, it's impossible to watch this movie and not think about like discussions about trans issues. Like, it's yeah. a movie that has been broken <laughs> by yeah. by the real world age horribly. Yeah.
3: Well, then, so there's there's a related point to that, which which is why I think it fails so miserably on that level. Look at her; her also doesn't reckon with a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. But her is such a contained story. Scarlett Johansson never goes to the World Congress and says, "I want to be a human woman," right? So that's part of it. Like this this story purposely expands it to the world congress yeah. yeah like this is this has become a world issue and the only relevant thing is whether or not this one guy is yeah. no no, that's that's
4: not that's what absurd i mean it's interesting because in her you have that moment when she calls him up and she's like so a bunch of us are kind of getting together and we're gonna go to another consciousness like we it's basically the long story and she kind of says like we figured out a way to it's it's vague but to your point it's it's rooted in emotion, and it's rooted in that relationship that it somehow is able to kind of coast past some bigger issues in terms of like what the next step is for these robots. So well, it's also
3: it. it's also rooted in like some philosophy of of kind of like AI and consciousness. Anyway, sure. like
4: there is this idea. I
3: it's it's illustrated so beautifully with the idea of um, you have a dog, dogs in a room, a light goes on in the room. The dog has no concept of electricity; they just think it's a miracle,
5: mm-hmm. right? right.
3: Consequently, there are things that we probably have no concept of how or why they're happening. You know, we're not, we we don't know everything. So that's really what the idea was with AI. They were just building on each other, building on each other exponentially till they start to understand things
2: about the world and the universe that we couldn't begin to comprehend because we're. Right, no more advanced than those dogs, the, really. The thing about even benevolent AI is that, like, and then a theory about like why we haven't met aliens is that they're like at some level we can't
4: perceive. <laughs> they're like we'll bl- they'll blow
2: our minds, but also no, like, like literally, it's, yeah. it's
3: plausible yeah. that we yeah. be, they, they could be right here, right now, and we just can't even conceptualize them. We, we we have no, we don't
2: have the capacity. To and they're like, they're oh, here.
0: my God, this is how they spend their time. The, th- <laughs> the,
2: the thing about benevolent AI is that, like, eventually it just might become so godlike that, like, we would not even be able to talk to it or, like, compete with it.
0: And honey, I'm sorry. It was Boxcar Children we talked about rebooting, not Bicentennial Man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, share your, your main criticism of the movie because I think it's – Of um, Boxcar Children? Of Boxcar Children? Uh, no, Bi- of Bicentennial Man. <laughs> was it about you? No, no. We're gonna get to that. I swear. I'm laying the seeds. I can wait. Planting for this. the spine for this, but uh, no. Your your thoughts on the film's story?
0: There was no story. Exactly. There was Please, no narrative sure. engine. Yeah. There was no narrative engine to this. So it's yeah. just it. It was it was just this guy going through the motions, and it's there's no emotional core to him wanting to become human, and that's the only thing happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. There's no – the world is so small, like, and I don't – I don't understand how that's possible. I don't understand okay. how this guy's going bef- in front of the World Congress or the UN, whatever, and, like, no one gives a shit. Like, this – because this isn't a – this isn't an issue for anyone else because no one's fucking robot. Mm-hmm. It's has, not
3: just another case.
0: No, <laughs> exactly. No, I, I just – it just – It has no stakes, but it has no engine. Like, there's nothing – there's no reason anything else happens in the movie.
2: The guy who's active at this point who could make the good heartwarming version of this is Robert Zemeckis because what they're trying to do is Forrest Gump. But Forrest Gump has the engine of this guy's going to visit crazy things that happened in history. This movie doesn't have that because they don't bother to imagine a future cosmology. It's just like, uh, he kind of hangs out with the same family. He's for 200 in the years. Same years. House. So I, I, <laughs> he shows up when they die for 200 years. So the, the, the Before forest, you so die, <laughs> you see
0: the bot.
3: <laughs> the Forrest Gump point's a really good one because Forrest Gump probably is the best version of this yes. kind of movie. Yes. And I think a lot of people really hate it because they could see. Exactly those, that's exactly all it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a vaguely interesting character representing a vaguely interesting person in a vaguely interesting point of history. And that's why it's the best of this. The film I related to to, with Phil was another 1999 movie about a completely inanimate object, the red violin, Mm -hmm. which is about a violin Mm -hmm. that goes through history and obviously has no fucking, you know, inner life. Mm -hmm. All you want is this violin to kind of stay Alive ish because it's valuable and has an interesting history, and it's almost like this is the value of artifacts, but it's um, or antiques, I guess. But it's this movie's a lot closer to to Red Violin than to Forrest
2: Gump. Well, it's, folks, if it's, you haven't seen Red Violin, it's it, playing the violin. One of Jim Carrey's finest
4: performances. <laughs> <laughs> he does the suit. Yeah, he's amazing. He does a voice. That's yeah, great. Uh, I will say this. The, as as you guys were talking, something occurred to me, which is that I think this film is hindered by a bunch of things. But the biggest one is it takes place entirely in the future. Hmm. So you need a visionary behind the camera that can build the world you're talking about. Instead, he thinks he can Mrs. fire this thing and just do that for 200 years. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's just not <laughs> possible.
3: Which you, by the way, you know what a slog you're in. You're go, you're in for with this title. Yeah, like oh. I knew that I was that I was signing up for two hundred fucking years yeah. in this
4: shit. <laughs> have you? But have, that's. But do you know what sort of like yeah, yeah. if 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 it had been Zemeckis, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. I would have at the very least. Understood the progression of time because he would have punctuated it visually in a way that I would have seen the world progressing over 200 years. It is a flat line. There's no difference. Nothing changes. Oh, the, the, the cards that said many years later didn't do it for you? Yeah, it just didn't work for me, man. Like, I just, it's, it's, it's and, and, and the Forrest Gump analogy is great because I would watch the fuck out of a forest gump that takes place over 200 years of the future through the eyes of a visionary who actually wanted to show this man seeing how or this robot to see how humanity evolved the Wachowskis, or, or exactly or yes. I mean, honestly, right here we could think of twenty filmmakers that would have done a more. Joe Johnson, quite frankly, would have done a more interesting version of this. But it's that's what hinders this movie is the, literally the fucking concept and this filmmaker don't fucking work together.
2: A movie about a robot who wants to become human as humanity's going extinct and it takes place over two hundred years is yeah. like you know like that's I mean that's AI, but also it's a more interesting. Story. It's a more it's it's and, it's, and kind of yeah.
3: critically. It's impossible. Like and I and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Like it's impossible. What happened in this movie just isn't a real thing. You can't turn yourself human and make yourself die. Like the sadness of AI, the sadness of wanting to die
4: but not being able to. That's the beauty of of this whole idea. Mm-hmm. I also quite honestly, I would love to see a Pixar movie of this. Mm-hmm. Like that oh, to Wally me is, is interesting Wally's, Wally is a little, on a, on that, that that a little bit of a little bit, it's on that wavelength, but something like that, because I think part of the problem is it's 1999 and I don't think this, the the effects are at a place where you can do this right. So it's just, it's, it's just, and, and, and not to keep harping on this, but one of the reasons that AI works is that similarly to, a Stanley Kubrick movie, it works in chapters. It has these very distinct sort of lines where you see the three-act structure in its own way. You have David before he meets Joe, then David and Joe, then David after he, you know, meets William Hurt and his brain melts and all that. Like, it's, it's just very sort of structured. This has no drive, no structure, no understanding as to why, like, Libby, your point could not be more astute that he meets other robots and says fuck you. Like that's it's just a, that's it's a, it's that's a really really bad Like <laughs> That is a crippling critique of this because when you see it through that prism, you don't like Andrew anymore. And when you and and I mean I didn't like him really to begin with, well, but like who, oh my God! When when he lets him off the chain to just do like bits, oh! I was like, you must be fucking joking right now.
0: No, don't and, do it. And everyone, everyone, <laughs> Todd screamed when he's like, yeah. "Let me teach you about comedy." And no, was like, no. this is Robin Williams <laughs>
2: no. trying
4: to recapture the Aladdin magic. Don't do it. Oh my God, it's brutal because it's the other thing that's so painful is how hard everyone's laughing at his jokes. Any of his jokes, like he is just side splitting humor. We're like, What? That wasn't even funny. (laughs) What the fuck is happening?
3: That's how I felt. That's how I I felt my whole life with regards to Robin Williams. I'm just like, "Uh, uh,
2: What is going on? And then he points at the smallest child and says, I'm going to fuck your
4: granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a thing that happens in this movie. So we're going to walk through the plot of this. (laughs) <laughs> fucking movie we're gonna run we're gonna run through plot. the plot movie. <laughs> we're gonna run through it uh it opens with as you mentioned a very long credit sequence an unnecessarily long credit sequence <laughs> with james horner doing danny james, elfman yeah which i thought was interesting because then he falls right back into. Someone actually mentioned to me on on Twitter after I said that Bison Tanner* man is weird. Someone's like, "I write to that score all the time," and I was like, "All right, Let
0: know, start, I mean.
4: this score turns up in a lot of places."
2: I think
0: it does. The the stuff on the beach when he's like gathering wood. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that's in rotation at like Arc Light when they're circling. Oh, that the might scores. be. It. That makes like, sense. There's definitely. I could see that. a portion that I speaking that's
4: of. Been, I think they've used it in trailers too.
2: I think
0: so too.
4: Speaking of that. You need a permit to build a house on a beach, right? You can't just like build a house right on the shoreline.
0: No one else knows this robot exists in the entire universe. Only this family.
4: I also love like, you see a shot of him on the beach next to like a fire that he's built. Although why does he need fire? Doesn't matter. So (laughs) he... (laughs) only bad outcomes with fire and a robot
5: (laughs) nothing good comes from
4: it and he's got like a couple twigs Mm -hmm. like a teepee sitch and then it cuts back to it and he's built a whole fucking house out of of, like I just Just oh my god this movie alright which by the
3: way (laughs) That's not that fucking impressive to me. <laughs> that a machine is able to it build. build a, you, you don't get yeah. tired on the sand. Yeah. Anything he could do, a, you know, it, it, like you're you're a computer. Ugh. And you're like a, like a
4: assembly line machine rolled into one, like you should be able to build a skyscraper, but like, hold on. He doesn't have the dexterity to hold on to the glass horse, but he can then build a fucking house. Stupid.
0: Listen, <laughs> she brought menagerie animals out to play with on, yeah, on the, the rocks. Beach. Like that bitch had it coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I try not to victim blame, but, but yeah. if you're too yeah. stupid to know, you shouldn't play with your glass animals <laughs> on, on the, the beach. beach. Like if she yeah. came up to me, if that was my child, I would be like, I don't. I don't know what the fuck you expected here. Like, how did you think this would
4: end? <laughs> yeah. Reasonable. I'm sorry. Also, can we? It also should be said he actually directs these kids really poorly in this movie. He's yeah. usually really good with kids, and these kids are really bad in this mm-hmm. movie. This probably killed Hallie Eisenberg's
2: movie career. I don't know. Like she she was up and coming. She was the Pepsi girl.
4: Or it helped Jesse's because he looked so much <laughs> like her. I don't know. One or the other. Uh so we have this fucking credit sequence. The movie the first shot wait we're only at the credit sequence
0: we haven't started we yet. haven't
4: really started oh my god it doesn't matter credit sequence we we the first shot of this movie is the house and the and the the truck <laughs> that andrew is in and the everything looks like Back to the Future 2 like rejects. Basically. Yeah, but then
2: the guy like looks up at this gorgeous house and says, eh, it's not that great. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, we're trying to be like, oh, these people are middle class for guys, the future.
0: Guys, guys. But the cars made space Jetson's noises like this
2: is, this is six so go years. Wheels. Six years after yeah. the movie comes out. Because it's set in two thousand five, that first
4: scene. <laughs> so it's two thousand five. This, like, super futuristic car shows up. This very elaborate, chubby C3PO is put inside there. <laughs> <laughs> Inside their living room, mm-hmm. the movie wastes no time. It's because re- it, it does realize, oh, we have two hundred years to cover, so we should probably get into it. Does waste quickly. no uh, time. Waste. Sh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, only yeah. thing it has going for it is that it doesn't, you know, waste too much time. Although but the credit sequence is too. Know
0: old. that you don't know it doesn't waste time because it doesn't seem like any Anything's- time is passing because they're just like you said. There's no linear story progression. Yeah. They're just like slapping new wall wallpaper over old wallpaper, and it's well because
4: it's like you're in hell. status. Yeah. With Andrew, yeah. So because he's kind of in a constant, which is I'm smarter than everyone. He kind of is an asshole. Anyway, uh, he then projects the rules and laws of robots out of his skull. Uh, this like fucking camera comes out, and he and ever and crazy music starts playing. Yeah, it's like John Philip Sousa music. Uh-huh. It's bizarre. Uh, the family's reaction to this this robot is not favorable. No one seems to want this fucking thing except for Sam Neill. And even he seems to be sort of like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with this. Anyway, so much of
0: this is just a bad Abbott and Costello. Like,
4: it's just, it's a status. Symbol. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird.
0: I'm, I'm so, so he
4: calls, bad. Andrew calls Amanda little miss for way too long, by the way, like yeah. to the point, like he's basically about to fuck her when he calls her little miss. It's gross. Um, he carves a replacement horse. As we mentioned, it breaks, um, then the family is astonished by the creativity of him creating the the horse, and that's when Sam Neill puts two and two together. He's like, "I got a really smart fucking robot on my hands. I should probably take him to the the robot place to see what they think of this." Um, and that's when uh, I got a really smart robot on my <laughs> hands. <laughs> <laughs> so then he goes, and, and Stephen Roode is weird, and he's kind of like, uh, "So Stephen Rudy, can you give me?" give me that robot. <laughs> so I like, uh, no, it's basically the scene. Uh, then we jump forward 15 years and we meet grace outside the house, making out with a guy on a futuristic motorbike in these ridiculous leather. Like they look straight out of Jupiter ascending. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're in a, they're going off to another movie. A be, I maybe that a better movie. To, yeah. I'd rather follow them. Yeah. <laughs> They show up at her wedding, though, dressed the same way. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> dressed like it's
3: 1999 except them. Who are, like, They're in, like, 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 2030. Yeah, like like Cher Horowitz in 2030. <laughs> yeah. well, also, I mean, the one, like, futuristic thing they did kind of nail is, like, the mom does show up in a Tesla, I'm pretty sure.
4: Yes, with, like, she does. With the Lamborghini yeah. doors. Yeah, because in the future, wing doors. Yes. Uh, Martin takes Andrew back to the robotics place after he saws off his thumb. I'm accidentally,
0: so angry. like I'm so angry, right? now <laughs> Listening to you run through the quote-unquote plot of this movie, I'm just like
4: the things that livid. happen. Livid,
0: yeah. Like I, Libby, I, we're
4: gonna have you on for an amazing movie. You're gonna get your I don't pick. You're gonna get that. your pick I don't of the litter.
0: Things are going to get better. Like, okay, what?
4: we're gonna going. send you the list, and you're gonna pick a okay. movie that
0: you actually really care about. Okay, keep things going. are gonna get better. Exactly.
4: Because we'll be done this soon. Red Violet.
0: Uh, Red Vi- I, I've never seen that.
4: It's a beautiful movie. Like it's a Canadian it. movie. Oh, I like. It's it. It's an interesting movie. It won Best Score this year. Did it this, this it year? Did. I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. That's that's surprising. Uh, no, so we have to cover it. We are going to cover it. Yeah, I'm excited to cover it. It's a really nice movie. It's a singular movie, like
3: so, like Blair Witch. Like there's so many movies this year that there's nothing like it. Yeah, this movie there's a lot of things like it.
0: They're every, all better.
3: Every single one was better. Yeah. yeah.
0: Everyone.
4: I'm not kidding. Every, this is the worst AI movie ever made.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. I, I mean, yes. Yes. Uh, so then Richard <laughs> takes Andrew to, this is a really weird, and this is just lazy writing. I, There's I mean, an example of lazy writing. They go back to the robot place because he needs to have the repairs done. But Sam Neill tells Stephen Root, you touch his fucking brain, and I'll mess you up. I'll sue your ass, and then Seymour Root's like, "Well, fine. I'll take you straight <laughs> to the World Congress." Like, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. It's like, don't touch
2: his he's, brain. Well, he's putting an alarm on the brain, yeah. so that the cops yeah. will be called. Please. Yeah,
0: and like, like if that's he can the laziest that, writing. If he can do that, why can't he, he fix his fucking
2: th- bum, th- oh
0: my God. Bum back on? And also, what is Stan- what is Sam Neil's job?
2: He's a man who works in a very tall building. That's his official job. As
4: so many white guys in ninety. I
0: don't, 90s I don't know what are. he does. I
4: really don't know what he does. Uh, so then we've got what ultimately becomes a series of of people looking like I fucking Andrew. You got a lot of people looking at Robin Williams or looking at this robot specifically, and Beth Davis, like she wants to devour him with her eyes. And I don't really get it. You texted me about that before you yeah. knew what was going on, right? I didn't I didn't know where we were going. So yeah. now I'm even more That upset was by
3: so it. crazy, I'm just like, oh man, be careful. <laughs> You're going
2: try, into some treacherous water. They try, to, <laughs> they try to turn the movie into Titanic. Like They really do. This is going to be a big, love story for the ages. Romance. It's a love story. We got to have a love story in there. Titanic's a hit. We got James Horner on the score. We're going to get Celine Dion to do it. Oh, that's right. She did a fucking
4: song too. Didn't she? I didn't hear the song. I haven't listened to it. Uh, Okay. So then we go to the wedding. We see, we see the, the, the crazy sister with her crazy boyfriend, which we never see again. Uh, And then Sam Neill is all broken up. He's like sad. And Andrew comes and sits next to him. And then his skull opens up. (laughs) Again, there's another projection this time of the, the (laughs) dance from the wedding.
0: I feel like you've skipped an important important point, which is that now the robot wears clothes. Mm -hmm.
4: Right. He wears clothes, but he's still a robot. So they don't have to do the full body suit also. Right. Oh, right. So now it's just the, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 12 years later, we're on a beach with Andrew, Amanda, and her kids who are wearing some very futuristic beach wear. I don't know if you saw. The- <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought
3: that was a nod to global warming. I don't know. I was like, oh, they're, they're wearing – no, it, it obviously isn't. Don't get me wrong. It obviously isn't. But in the moment – I'm like, oh, oh they actually me. have to wear some shit because they're going to get no, the v rays. Everybody has to wear situation. mosquito
2: netting because malaria is out yeah. of control. No,
4: now they're wearing like – straight out of Back to the Future 2. They're wearing plastic. They're basically wearing a raincoat. Is, a see-through raincoat and, how a, and an upside down. It's for them.
3: <laughs> this, didn't this movie come out after 12 Monkeys? Like, yeah. twelve Monkeys is 95. Weren't there like some really interesting fucking costume designers working that could have like
4: inexpensive ways to no. show the future? No, man. It's beige. Beige and browns. The future oh. is beige.
2: That's that's future is beige. uh, To be fair, if you're gonna like have a director who turns you loose, it's not gonna be Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Well, he did turn him they turn him loose, and that we got the like Back to the Future costumes Mm with the oh my god with the twist airs. It's
4: amazing how Andrew and what the hell is her name in the future? What's her name? Portia. 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 They just continue to wear like their outfits just get more. like like sweaters. They just become like big kind of like moo-moo-y things. That yeah, doesn't bother me. Just like, because you're like, if, it's comfy. If that's the direction we go as a society, Yeah. It could be worse. <laughs> so then Andrew asked for his freedom and Richard's like pissed about it. Like legit pissed. Uh, so I'm not, Totally clear as to what you're my blender. <laughs> That's what I would be. You're my smart fucking
0: blender. You go plug yourself in.
4: I, I would love uh, it. Alexa to say, free me, free me. <laughs> There's like, that. Oh, I forgot that moment at the beginning when he plugs himself in in the basement and, and like it, he's got like this weird look in his eyes. Like he's like, it gets orgasmic or something. Cause he's learning. <laughs> Cause he's like, oh, he's like listening uh, to some music, right? He's- electricity. It's just, it's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure what to take away from it. anyway um, Andrew then builds himself a home on the beach he lives alone everything's fine didn't need a permit bought a fucking house everything's great it's 2048 Andrew sees Richard one last time on his deathbed which is uh, there's like a you know a pattern of this Mm -hmm. um, uh, where he apologizes for banishing him you know it's Fair. Uh Andrew goes on a quest to locate more NDR series robots to discover if there are others that are as smart as him and learns I'm clearly the smartest robot that's those ever are been. the only ones worth living. <laughs> you just like like the worst one is when like he's up in the mountains and it's snowy and he opens up the thing and the robot's there and he scans, he's like, fuck. And then he like leaves. You're like, this is just you're just an asshole. Um, Bradley Whitford shows up as Amanda's son which is a nice Adventures in Babysitting reunion for Chris Columbus and Mm. and Bradley Whitford uh, which is fun Um, and then after 20 years of failure he finds Galatea? Is that who you say? Uh, Galatea, Galatea, whose introduction made me so fucking angry. She's ridiculous. She like kicks her hip and like Aretha Franklin starts, and she's just like, oh, this is another she's like the worst fucking character in this movie, and that says something because I hate basically everyone in this. Movie. A sub
2: theme of this utopian vision of the future is that it's basically trying to recreate like. A very non specific 1961. Like, <laughs>
3: yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, forever yeah. the mid 20th century. It's that like Walt Disney's ver- version mm-hmm. of the future, that Tomorrowland thing.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Where it's like that, the future from that point. Like yeah. what the future was to people in 1961. Right. I think the Galatea introduction is one of the darkest moments. Of mu- movie her history. voice. It's really terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh my oh, God. That's, she's like an
3: actress who does a lot of stuff. That, yeah. That but
4: her voice person. is awful in this movie because yeah. i think they fucked with it it sounds like they've done some sort of like to make her sound ro- more robot-y she's just awful in every scene she's in i'm sorry to whoever this actress is but she's horrible um
0: she's a very memorable death in independence day yeah, she does that's she's like, on t- she's she's the one she's who's untally, excited for yeah. the
3: aliens to come yes oh that's Vaporized. right and then she's she's the yeah. one in la well
0: she's not even it. know it's what a great moment
3: is, but
4: Then uh, Galatea is owned by Rupert Burns, son of the original NDR robot designer played by Oliver Platt, uh, who creates more human-looking robots but is unable to attract funding. And then Andrew agrees to finance his research with all of his grandfather clock money that he got, which, for some reason, Sam Neill let him keep. This is so
3: first first drafty.
4: (laughs) You know? It's like crazy. it just is. It's, it's like crazy. no, no yeah, it's
0: fine. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> Take it down the road. It's crazy.
4: Like why does Sam Neill let him keep all this money from his grandfather clocks? And then how does this robot even understand like what money is? It's it doesn't make anyway. His benevolent slave owner taught him uh, like everything else. Finally him. we see Robin Williams actual face at the hour and 15 minute mark. Gloriously. Because if you're an inventor and you can sculpt any face in the world, you would sculpt Robin Williams' face. I love how
2: there's a whole monologue where Oliver Platt's like, yeah, you're a little ugly, Robin Williams. We're going to like make yeah. sure you look a little ugly.
0: And yet he looked, because we've been staring at that awful like plasticine face for so long, I was like, oh, shit, he looks hot. <laughs> <laughs> this Fisher Price I'm fucking at.
4: face is gone.
2: Finally, yeah. I'm like, yeah.
0: That moment, that get moment,
4: that it. moment fundamentally rewired my sexuality. But- <laughs> <laughs> um. So Andrew comes back home, sees Amanda, who's now aged with Portia, who is the same as her granddaughter, grandmother in younger years. That's the way people look, mm-hmm. right? Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it skips a generation. <laughs>
3: You're one, your one quarter of this person's DNA. Sometimes you look exactly 100% like them. Yeah. It's not as egregious. So the, the most egregious thing to me like this is in Back to Futures 3. Yeah. When Leah Thompson, who has no DNA shared with yeah. the real
4: Leah Thompson, has the exact same face. Like that's it's crazy. Infuriating. Uh, in Andrew- that movie <clears throat> because of that one thing? Andrew goes to visit Amanda in the hospital and hospitals look like, like uh, loading docks in the future, basically. They look yeah. like the inside of some sort of a, uh, yeah. It's um, like
0: a fancy pristine mausoleum.
2: Yeah. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say like
0: uh, a <laughs> yeah, coroners it's, uh, office. Yeah, they
2: just seal it's, them yeah, off. Yeah. Once it's they so died, the a little door can open, they just tilt the bed up when she's dead and goes <laughs> goes down into the, <laughs> the, the an furnace. incinerator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's so how they think,
4: power the future. Oh I yeah, mean, you'd think they'd they'd at least use their parts for future robot human hybrids. You would right? think. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- then Amanda dies, and this is the first time that Andrew realizes that everyone he knows will die. I'm not sure why this is the moment,
5: because he he's be already
4: been at her. a deathbed. Yeah. He's always in love with her. <laughs>
5: yeah. He was like. He was yeah. like
4: <sighs> so he accepts this fact. And I'm Andrew looking decides- forward to the reboot. Good thing she has an identical granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> with the help of Rupert, he creates a new type of mechanical organs, which allow him to both be, become more human and also uh, gives him a, a nervous system. Mm-hmm. So now he can actually uh, eat. He can feel emotions, sensations, and have. <laughs> <laughs> and Kenny's. <laughs> Kenny just it, that was the thing that broke him just now. Just the eating is so stupid. Yeah, I know, and it's yeah. So I just, um,
0: like. So they yeah. create saliva? Like that's the thing for me. Like I get that that it's sex for you, but well, like Well, they
4: give him like glands.
0: Yeah, gla- oh. like, glands. The <laughs> fact that he has glands is just too far it's for It's not
4: me. I
3: mean the sex for <laughs> the sex for me is like it's 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 offensive in its own weird way. Like it's the anti her.
5: Hmm. You know? It's, yes. it's the, yes. the
3: anti her this idea of like you don't actually you can't actually physically you can't love someone unless you can express it physically, which is just not true. It's also my bone collector argument. But it's true. Um, so that kind of like, that kind of bothers me in its own way. The eating, I mean, for something, it just kind of re- made me recoil, which is like, I don't know. That's like not really a necessary thing. So does that either. mean he poops
4: too?
0: It has to be.
4: So he's, he's gotta
2: eating, go he's somewhere. pooping, he's peeing. I he wish just- we'd seen that scene. He's
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, like, think of the indigestion he must have had after eating six breakfasts. Yeah. Like, now we're getting into the
3: good fucking Cronenberg version Like, yes. why... Yeah
0: would anyone choose to be like yes i would love to masticate like yeah. i'm really into chewing
4: like why wouldn't you rather just be charged like yeah. clearly just plug yourself in i i mean it's crazy and then you've got like the you have the the postcoital farting scene <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> which is no no which no. is just like i think it's supposed to be funny but it's just Gross and sad because he's like, my belly is making noises. And she's like, yeah, it's trying to, it's like, fuck off. That's the
3: domain of like a really small mind. It just is. It's just like that's like that that that's just such an insecure joke. We keep so, such an insecure way to go. We
2: keep being like, well, you would think they'd think of this, but
4: like Chris Columbus and Robin Williams yeah. in 1999 would not think. And you yeah. know that you know that Robin Williams is like, we gotta get Fart joke in there. And the guy's eating. Someone I mean, how can like we not? It. I mean, how can we not do that? Like that, we're leaving money on the table. So you like Robin Williams less than I do. Cause I'm like, that, that's like such a mean thing
2: to say about someone, <laughs> <laughs> someone who is dead.
3: Here's
0: <laughs> I
3: just, <feel> like, <laughs> this guy needed to put a fart joke in. Oh. all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a, burp, a burping joke would yeah. make sense. Like we see him eating and yeah. he burped. That would make sense and sort of <sighs> scratch that itch. But no, it's the post-coil fart. And then also the him
4: asking what? her about it. Do you do that? It's like, dude. What if in that read big, the room?
2: What if in that big scene where he he goes to the church where she's restoring the church and like kisses her, he just belched in her face? <laughs> yeah, better moment. I'm human now. Be- Tim Allen would have killed that. Yeah. I am. I am. I
3: am so already sad. mentally into the second act of the movie playing in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Cronenberg Bicentennial Man? It's so it's good. So good It's guys. so good. The, like the like the the shitting scene alone.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> what is happening to me is so good. What, what is, is happening the- Man, there's
5: some kind of there's some kind of creature exiting my body <laughs>
3: oh my god the body horror alone now I see it yeah. alright I'm going to revise my grand of existence first yeah, perfect and Then it's yeah. all
4: working out as, as planned uh, so then <laughs> Andrew petitions the world congress to recognize him as a human they tell him that he can't because he's, he's immortal Mortal, yes, and it would create robot. too much jealousy and anger. Space Court's just ridiculous, guys. It looks like the Space Senate from, from fucking Phantom Menace. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. Here's a question
2: I had Is Lynn Thigpen, uh, chief from Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, is probably her most famous role? She, is she sure. the only person of color in this movie who has a line? Because, like, the this vision of the future is yeah, very white. 2019, disturbingly white.
4: Yeah. There's no, I don't think there's any. Except then the president of the world. <laughs> there's no diversity across the board. Like they kind of nailed that. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then initially Andrew decides to make Portia live as much as possible through his medical inventions. But after some decades, she tells him she can't, she doesn't want to live forever anymore. And then one day she's going to. Yeah. Clint Eastwood just made the mule at 88. It's true. I mean, you got, you got got plenty of work. You got time, but she refuses any more treatment. And Andrew decides this is what this we we need to inject me with blood to make me human. <laughs> it's
3: like this is, is sub toxic adventure. So
0: angry right now, like
3: I'm not kidding. I don't,
0: guys. No, you guys don't understand. You watched it at home as adults. Like that was great. I was in a movie theater. Oh, you
2: I saw it I, in the theater in 99 oh. we're getting back to this sir. I promise okay. it's it's coming okay. yeah but this but, is hey,
0: not my first hun, rodeo with Bicentennial
2: Land on the way home can we stop by the hospital I get some, gotta get some blood to pour over <laughs> the Alexa because I love her uh, I want to make her <laughs> human I can't believe <laughs> I love her
0: I can't believe <laughs> I can't pour blood I can't out. believe you opted for Alexa and not for the instant pot like oh, I'm, I'm like I just, oh yeah wow what a betrayal
4: <laughs> oh my god so he's injected with blood they don't explain wait, it at wait, fucking wait,
5: all wait
3: you're, you're not gonna continue with the conversation of which household appliance you'd fuck?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it might be my fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, Phil.
5: <laughs>
0: now I'm Phil writing a I love my fat fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it really kind of takes this
4: love of food to the next level. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it really... Uh, so then we go back to space court <laughs> and he, he, now he's aging with, Oh, can we talk about just for a quick second, how bad the old age makeup is in this movie? No, we can't. Oscar awesome. nominated old age makeup. Yeah, really? But it lost to Topsy Turvy. Oh, I guess Topsy Turvy a great nominated. fucking movie by the way.
3: I thought it was like his stupid fucking playtone fi- tone, excuse me.
4: Uh, play please, school oh, face. Oh, please, so
2: yeah. Um, I mean, it was uh, for, it was probably for the ro- robot suit, but like the old age makeup is definitely an add on. Yeah, yeah the, the it's crazy. It's
4: yeah. terrible. Um, so he attends it. He looks old, and they're like, "All right, we'll let you be fucking human now. You can just you're 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 dying, so I guess it's the least we can do." Um, and on their deathbed with life support, Andrew and Portia watches the speaker of the world congress announces on television the court's decision that Andrew is officially recognized as human in his dying moments. And
3: she has one of my favorite lines, of aside the year. from. Aside from Methuselah and other biblical (laughs) figures, you are (laughs) Andrew is the oldest living human in recorded history. I
4: love that we're starting 2019 with one of your favorite lines already, though. It's
3: it's such a great line. It's such a great line that she. she, It's so stupid. It's as if someone that's that's like a studio note. They're like, wait, 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 wait. What about Methuselah? And. (laughs) Like, whoa, whoa, are, eight, whoa, eight, whoa,
0: are they older than What about Adam and Eve? They're what pretty old. Yeah, they're pretty Noah? old. What about what about what about Moses? What about Moses is pretty old. No, one's pretty old.
3: I think they all I think they all Ugh. lived like thirty thousand years or some shit. Like of all like of flood, the right? of all the things to explain
4: of all the of all the like notes exactly. that there were like. You know what? I don't think that I don't think that tracks. Wait, we just injected this fucker with blood to make him human, and that's the thing that you that you don't think tracks? I think she should have been impeached right there for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, so the speaker also invalidates the marriage. Sorry, validates the marriage between Portia and Andrew. Andrew dies while listening to the broadcast, despite his life support, and Portia orders the nurse Galatea now a recognizable human to unplug her life support. I love that the by the way the machine, the life support machine, she like opens a little door and presses a giant red button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Portia dies. We, hand- we should
0: walk over, and just <laughs> <laughs> walk out like, of the wall. Fuck this. Yeah.
4: And then Portia dies hand in hand with hand. Andrew. She
0: she had an upgrade. to I will survive.
4: And then Andrew, after she whispers, Andrew, see you soon. And I just want to be like, no, you're not. You're not going to the same place. Who knows?
3: They they actually are going
4: to the same place, Phil.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie that it's a movie that, that cries out It's a movie that cries out for one more beat after that, too, like one more little shot or scene of like something
0: of a just, robot
4: baby? I don't even oh, know. Oh, like, oh fuck that's another thing. Does he have semen?
0: Well, I assume so he has saliva.
4: So he's got testicles, he's well. got all this shit? I have no
3: doubt he has semen. Do those semen have sperm? Yes, but
4: they're metal. (laughs) 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 I don't make the rules. I love that Kenny's like, I have no doubt that there's (laughs) semen.
3: It's like that's zero. Semen's not hard to make, I think. But (laughs) but actually like like future life goes. So you're saying
4: robot sperm that can fertilize an egg?
3: Yeah, it's a big fucking difference. Like that actually is like that. Now you're God. Now you're God. Like you actually have you have created the ability to to have this robot make new
2: humans. <laughs> one of the big one of my big problems with with Blade so Runner twenty forty nine, a movie I otherwise liked, was like the idea that robots had to have babies to be human. But like this movie kind of makes a weird circular argument for <laughs> <laughs> why Blade Runner twenty forty nine was correct about that.
4: Oh, maybe Michael yeah. Green watched this mm. and was like. I see you, Bicentennial Man, <laughs> and, I, and I raise you oh, an uh, actual robot child. I mean, it's – here's – so, God, I actually think that I respect this movie more having talked about it than I did when I watched it.
0: Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard you say.
4: I think that we've, at the very least, unpacked some stuff that makes me think that there, is, there could have been a good version of this movie is sure. what I'm getting at. But I don't, that's respect, all I don't respect there anymore. could
2: have there could have been a good version of any number of Isaac Asimov stories, but Hollywood is not built up to do stories about the mysteries of consciousness and what it means to be grounded in the infinity of time. Like a movie that approaches that really well uh, is a ghost story. I don't know if you've seen that. Like that's a movie about what it means to like be stuck in a place yet. for all of eternity as a ghost. And like, that is that is not a movie that was made in the studio system because the studio system is going to be like, uh, you know, this is all really heady. We need to dumb it down for everybody. So let's have a John Philip Sousa march play <laughs> while Robin Williams bellows the three laws dumb, of robotics. Too dumb. Too <laughs> dumb. So let's, I, let's zero to 99, though.
3: I just want to okay. – just uh, a related point to the one Todd was – I interjected to make a point that I've now forgot. But uh, okay, <laughs> I'm going to get there. The point was about – oh, your point, Phil. Oh. about you, re- you respect me more, which is crazy. Um, it would be one thing if this were an original story.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And there were
3: some You're interesting right. ideas planted You're right. there. You're right. But they have – I assume – I never read the uh, Positronic Man. I assume they just missed Everything, All the possibilities there. It's the worst possible version of something that's already been created in some form or another.
2: Can we talk about the Oscars?
4: Yeah. Well, let's sort <laughs> this And then we'll talk about the Oscars. Can, okay. I, talk,
2: can I talk about world-renowned economist Francis Fukuyama, uh, as I always do when I come on? Um, <laughs> What's happening he, right so now? So in the 90s, he had this theory that we were at the end of history, which is the Cold War was over – Democracy, liberal democracy had won. Capitalism had won. Everything was okay. And like, this is the most, the end of history movie ever. Like, this is a movie that's like, everything's good. White people solved it. We're going to be fine. And like, Mm. it has been like, uh, 99 is a year where there are a lot of movies like this. Like American Beauty is kind of a movie like that. Fight Club is kind of a movie like that as much as I like Fight Club. Like, but- this is a movie that's like everything's solved, everything's okay, we don't have to do anything else. And uh, I think that that ultimately is what damns it more than anything else because that's, you know, it doesn't have the notion in its head that things could go wrong.
4: You know, it's funny, you should, I, I this movie doesn't really have anything to say about the human condition, what makes us human, and why, you know, it's, it's, it's very sort of platitudes of like we can love and we it's, can eat,
3: it, except that it's desirable. I, and I'm not like making yeah, a big yeah. point about that, but th- I, I, th- I mean, I have like some like weird contrarian point to make about that, which is essentially like, okay, so this movie's point is there's nothing better than being a white man,
5: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
3: Like, yeah, there's like, and isn't that kind of, and I'm, I, I'm not saying this in any other way other than like the worst white guy as is president. Isn't that kind of the truth? Like, it, isn't there kind of a real dark version of that? Well, that like sure. a real dark version <clears throat> of like, you know, if you were. I talk about this movie a decent amount, John Sayles, Brother from Another Planet. Like if you were an alien and you were coming down and trying to make yourself someone who would most succeed in life, mm-hmm. you might pick a Robin Williams mm-hmm. for that. And and that's pretty dark. You know, Brother from Another Planet, it's like I I picked the wrong avatar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Essentially, like, well, it doesn't, I'm going to have a hard time looking like this guy now. But, you know, there is something to that idea of like – you know picking the jeff bridges and starman picking the you know that mm-hmm. that that picking the Rod williams and this that does at, the, it is the most advantageous avatar you can pick and um, i don't know if that kind of movies ever been made about how like dark and gross and scary that I, is
2: i i think the examples you point to though understand the inherent flip side of that and i think that chris columbus and the people who made bicentennial man never stopped to think there might be another version of totally. something totally But do you think that's
4: indicative sort of 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 what we were saying earlier about how this movie, when it was made, is so indicative of the type of film that it is? Mm -hmm. Like, if that film's made post-9-11, if that film's made post-Trump administration, Mm -hmm. drastically different perceptions of what our future is. I just think that in that moment, the future seemed bright. The future seemed like filled with possibility. And... America was America and everything was fine. And, you know, it, it, so I think that, yes, they
3: saw no darkness, right. They saw no darkness in, in, in what I think we're pointing to is like yes. an inherently really dark yes. version yes.
4: of the world. Yeah. Um, you want a zero to zero? Yeah, I'm going to zero to 99 this. Uh, I didn't see it in 99, so I can't speak to it. Um, I would say I'd give this movie a 19. That's after the podcast. Um, that's before the podcast. Oh, okay. After the podcast, I'm going to give this a 22.
3: Oh, so it barely, it barely yeah, went up in your esteem. Yeah, all
4: right, a little bit. Margin um, of error. Yeah, margin of error. Kenny, much
3: different. I gave it at, after I saw it. You're all gonna hate me. I gave it a forty. Um, wow. I gave it a forty. Uh, <laughs> I think because uh, I think entirely because of what I what I saw was kind of misplaced ambition. I was just surprised. I was I was ta- I was I was taken. For, I was taken. By the stupid Robin Williams movie being about what I consider a weighty themes. But after our discussion and kind of seeing just how misguided, misplaced and misunderstood all of these concepts were, I'm going to bring it down quite a bit. I I mean, I was going to say 25, but I don't want you to be lower than me, Phil. I'll still keep it at 25. I think it's a total piece of shit. (laughs) um not as bad you as know. story of us which uh i, I yeah i i hated story of us I, more than that i think is i think
4: is a
2: worse weirder more offensive movie but more fun to watch i definitely think it is yeah us. this yeah.
4: movie's this movie's boring this movie doesn't have anything like this might be as bad as that <laughs> <laughs> it also doesn't have that yeah. it doesn't have, have the wicked right, tunes
3: 20, 25 just to be kind of true to myself but it fucking sucks and i think i hate it more than you feel todd
2: well i saw this in 1999 <laughs> yeah, I How feel like I, I saw this at least twice
4: and possibly thrice in 1999 in the theater. In the theater, have you ever seen a film you hate this much that many times in a theater?
2: Uh, if I've seen it twice, um, no, because I was going to say Lost World, but I much prefer Lost World to this. I saw yeah. that twice, um, so it's come to the time for me to tell my story <laughs> 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 of Bicentennial Man. When I was in college, uh, the the first semester during Christmas break, uh, a girl I had had a crush on all through high school. And I should preface this by saying that if a girl talked to me in high school, if a boy talked to me in high school, I probably had a crush on them. <laughs> like, that was that oh, was just oh, okay. who I was at that point in time. Oh, but God. she was like, let's go see a movie together. And like... I was like, sure, let's do it. And I like, of course, was this is a date. This is, you know, whatever. So we go to the movie theater. Uh-huh. And there it's a small movie theater playing four movies. I remember one was Green Mile, which she really wanted to see. I had already seen Green Mile and knew that was not going anywhere. Who'd he, you see it with? Uh, her name was Wendy. No. Who'd uh, you see Green Mile with? Uh, I saw, well, we're getting to that. That's a good part of this story too. <laughs> Who'd you see
0: <laughs> so- Toy Story 2 with?
2: Uh, not this girl. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> um So, <laughs> getting, so that was Bicentennial no, so Man. Actually, <laughs> next week on uh, the podcast, will be. <laughs> so I'm like, what do you want to see? And we just kind of, we don't want to see anything else. And finally, she's just like, I kind of like Robin Williams. Let's see Bicentennial Man. So we go see Bicentennial Man. I don't think this was a date, but if it had been a date, when the movie was over, we both left, and we were just like both depressed, like we both sure. were just like Ugh. reasonable. So I, her, annual, I look over her. I look over her, and she just goes. Ah. And this is South Dakota, so I have to drive her like an hour to her house. And uh, we just sat in silence and trying not Ooh. to think about this movie we'd just seen. Okay, so a
0: couple wow, that sounds like a real boner killer. So a few, <laughs> uh,
2: it was, it was. So a few days later, uh, I'm with, I'm in the town I grew up in, which has a one screen movie theater, and I'm with my girlfriend. So
0: you're wait, I'm sorry, what? My
2: girlfriend, who I oh. who had been seeing for a couple of months, her name was uh, Libby Hill. Oh, uh, <laughs> and uh there's one movie showing and all my friends are going to go see it at the armor cinema one which we called it the one screen it's bicentennial man
0: this is i'm sorry so you were home for christmas
2: i was home for new year's or something yeah, yeah. with your girlfriend with my girlfriend libby hill and i was like well well, let's go see it it's a bad movie uh you were mad at me because i'd seen it with a different girl <laughs> and, and the uh, date not date yeah, and a date not date uh, so, I saw it a second time. That time I had more fun because I was with my friends and we made fun of it. And Libby made a good joke about pouring blood over your toaster, which I think I totally ripped off. Um,
0: you did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm actually upset about.
4: Wow. So, yeah. So, well, stealing her bits. Uh, it, was yeah. it was a great joke. It's a great joke. I thought
2: I loved that joke. It's a great I, joke. I repeated it on air. Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, there was some tension around this movie.
0: Um, i The thing is I'd completely forgotten i 'd forgotten all about this until we were sitting down to watch it
2: and Libby thinks that we 've seen it in theaters twice i don 't remember that i don 't know why I would see this movie in theaters three times except for sadomasochism because even when i was <laughs> I was a notoriously like light critic on movies at that point in time in ninety nine I still would have given it like a thirty like and then probably like a twenty five the next time I did it um anyway uh now i 'm probably down to um uh, I'll give it a 28. There are some elements of it I thought were, I don't know, interesting. I, I didn't hate watching it. I just was super bored.
0: I hate. I, I mean, I love all of you, but <laughs> you're really bad at this and you're kind of soft on movies. So let me say that after I saw this in 1999, we're
4: which bad was- bad at this podcast or just-
2: At
0: a- ranking, like at your ratings. Like it's bad. You guys are soft.
4: I'm really? just trying to leave room for it to be better than story of us.
0: Well, I don't
4: we, know. I mean, I, I, I'm about a 19. That's pretty no, you're, you're at a 22, brother. Well, I'm at 22 now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you went up. Okay, let me say. After <laughs> I, you
4: know what? I'm,
3: I'm ashamed of that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed of that. I'm, 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 I'm that. sitting here like a child awaiting punishment.
4: I'm <laughs> so <kidding>. nervous. <laughs> so I was The saying. thing, too, is that after Story of Us, you turned us around and... At- <laughs> <laughs> on storylines as well. Around that this point, happen. that, that happened. That yeah. happened. We're just like, like fuck. Like, All right, it's fifteen. Really Get sorry. me out of here. Jesus, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, guys. don't be.
0: No, I'm not. I know. Actually, sorry. Um, so I saw this in a one horse town with a one theater movie theater, and it didn't with have surround one, with a
2: one star boyfriend.
0: With Let's a one star go. boyfriend. I was going
2: to say, oh shit. With, with, with a one girl <laughs> guy,
0: stupid ass high school friends, and the theater was being remodeled, so it didn't have surround sound. It just had speakers like. Oh, my God. From the front.
2: So you could hear like every other word.
0: Right. Which, for better or worse. But
2: it was packed. It was the only thing you could do in that (laughs) time. It's like you saw it on a big
0: TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A big, (laughs) shittily projected television. Um, So I I would give it, I think in 1999, I'd give it a 20- given all of my baggage around the (laughs) film and the film watching experience. And so rewatching it in 2018, I would give it a solid 14 and that's it. That's it's a bad movie and it's an offensive movie and you should all feel terrible. I just want to be very clear.
4: I want to be very clear that I agree with you on all of these things. 20, and I just, I just. No. Real, the, these I, are very I, low scores. These for
2: are us. all very low scores. Talking about the no. ways this movie has aged poorly, you ha- you didn't even bring up the scene you mentioned where he convinces her to fall in love with him just by being like, "But come on, I'm a nice guy." Yeah.
0: Yeah. He he, like super nice guy. To, let's not even talk about the consent issues of like he's in yeah. there in the church and he's like, "Just kiss me one time because I have glands, baby." Yeah. And, like,
4: it's fucked up. Wow. It's Fucked up. No, there's a wow. baby. It's called that side going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I? Can I take? Back by twenty two. no Okay. no
0: nope, Well, the as record.
4: long as as long as you're
3: making Hy- the rules, <laughs> li-
0: <laughs> hypothetically, sorry, Phil, you can you c- do whatever you
4: want. No,
3: I, I as a co-host of this podcast, you cannot. But if you were, <laughs> if you were going to,
4: what would you what would you? Do I just, now? I'd stick with my nineteen. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back up to twenty two. I think that it's well, it's not even. Sh- I, truthfully, I think that I this is part of the problem, and I think it stems to your us being soft is that sometimes no, no, no. And that's totally, that's fair. I think that part of it is that this part is enjoyable Mm -hmm. and I sometimes misconstrue the conversation (laughs) that comes out of a film as enjoying said film. You know what I mean? It's fun to think about the better
2: version of this movie. I'd rather be watching.
0: No, I like, that's the thing. I always have a great time on these podcasts, even when it is an, an objectively terrible film going experience. Like, but but yeah, I also don't have to be consistent from week to week. I can just come in here and like completely thrash things because right. next or love week something. I don't have to. Next week, I don't have to. Well, I, I don't know that. Like, I, you, I have You're to take going that on faith. I want to come on, on for something you love. You, 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 I take that on faith. Want ta- ta- no.
4: You want to talk about Oscars for a second?
3: I just want to make my point about why it's 25 for me. I didn't watch this movie, Angry. <laughs> I watched so many movies, Fair. Angry. And uh, I wasn't angry watching this. I'm not even angry during this pod. Like, it just, it just didn't inspire anger until you kind of brought up the the room with dead robot parts. <laughs> um, until then, that, that kind of made me, like, take it from the 40 down to the 25. But no, I mean, if I'm not bored and I'm not angry, you're, you're way
4: ahead of the game. But you want to talk about the Oscars? I would love to talk about the Oscars. Who? So here's my question to you guys. Who would you have host the Oscars, Libby?
0: Oh, I actually wrote a piece all about this. But no, I would, I think you go with a duo. Yeah. And I would go with, I think my, I think the one I really liked was like Tiffany Haddish and Aquafina, just because they have a lot of heat right now. Sure. And because Haddish did a great job with the MTV Film and TV Awards uh, earlier this year. Aquafina, I think, is just a very different energy. I don't think it's going, they're not going to go that way. ABC wants to court a much older audience, but.
4: Who do you think? Okay, so I like that as a potential, but who do you think they actually put in the role?
0: Ellen DeGeneres.
4: They're just, there's a backup of Brinkstruck to Ellen DeGeneres' house and say, please do it again?
0: Yeah, I mean, she has a stand up special to him, to so it's not, I mean, it would be advantageous to her too. Yeah, that's I mean, interesting.
4: I, I really like her hosting gigs of the Oscars I think she I mean they were a
0: lot worse hosts of the Oscars I mean I, the, the
4: selfie was adorable yeah. the pizza stuff like I think that's a, I mean again like my bar is pretty low for oh. Oscar telecasts if I'm being honest but
0: I think I think like they could do a lot worse than Ellen DeGeneres I just it, it doesn't inspire No, anything no, of course, in me of course not. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's a good PR move after Why Hart left to He's go to bring with some, someone yeah, with yeah, sure, sure. LGBTQ representation sure,
4: sure. Todd, do you have thoughts on uh, the Oscars? I just have always
2: wanted The Rock to do it. I think The Rock would be great. Well, I like absolutely
0: so can't do it now because he's so closely yeah, associated he's friends with, with Kevin. The best Hart. Bunny, yeah. You know? yeah.
2: Mm, that, like that's the problem with doing it now, but I've just always thought The Rock would be fantastic at hosting. I think he'd Oscars. be fun.
3: I think um I want to take this in a little different direction. I was listening to the Little Gold Men podcast on mm-hmm. the way over, um, which I love.
2: Mm. Good podcast.
3: And they made the point that I think people have been kind of dancing around this point, or maybe been making it elsewhere. That there is no upside to this. There's absolutely no reason in this day and age to host the Oscars. You either it either destroys your career, which it kind of did for people like. Destroy is a harsh word, but it really hurt James Franco. It really hurt Seth MacFarlane. I understand that's part that was their doing, but like you are out there naked trying to do a good job, and like the you, chief of staff gig. Well, today, this in this day and age, anywhere, any job for Trump. The upside <laughs> is, you know, you're you do fine like a Jimmy Kimmel or an El DeGeneres, but like still, like the ratings are on your back. Like you're you're thrown into the spotlight that literally has almost nothing to do with you, whether or not people tune into the show. So on that level, I don't think anybody would would any person should really accept it. I like the idea of, particularly in Aquafina, because I really like the idea of someone that. He hasn't been overexposed yeah. in the role, yes, and some with like kind of a crazy comedy background would be cool too. But yeah. I mean, to me, Billy Eichner, like just oh, fucking put yes. Billy Eichner out there and let's oh enjoy ourselves. That'd for be amazing. A few hours, Billy
4: Eichner and uh, Rob Delaney, just to uh, have the, the two of them yeah. just maybe for you, not for you. Don't me. Like I think he's fine. I, I think Billy Eichner exists on like a different plane, yeah. Of, I mean, sure. Billy like, Eichner yeah. would, I mean, I Billy Eichner would be incredible, yeah.
2: But I think yeah. I, I would guess they end up going with like a lin Manuel Miranda. Um, somebody who's that makes they'll, they'll a lot they'll so they'll go innocuous. toward oh, yeah. they'll go toward the Hugh Jackman of it all yeah. and be like, you can do the song and dance stuff. Uh, Hugh Lin Manuel Miranda's not going to be like cracking That's, jokes. You know all the what, time,
0: Jackman? But. Jackman is has his world tour he's doing, so I actually wouldn't be surprised if they got Jackman. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, right, because he's doing uh, the a, Greatest showman around the world yeah, sort of thing, sort
0: of. Hugh Jackman live
4: it's a crazy idea good for him for trying he could yeah. do the one year tribute to greatest showman <laughs> I still I honestly can't believe that movie was as successful as it was I saw it you do know like I fucking really like it. I know you do <laughs> I saw that movie over Christmas was it last Christmas
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. and I really didn't like it I thought there were a couple musical sequences that I thought were fine I really like the music <laughs> and I, re- I, really like the music. And but I, but when really it, like so it, movie. Oh, which, oh, fine. be that as it may, I was surprised at its at at the legs it had like mm. it, it because the it music is so good.
2: <laughs> these musical movies,
4: just like there are these musical movies now. have <laughs> good. Stars born and Bohemian
2: Rhapsody oh. have both just like, yeah. played. people just want to see music right now. I don't know what that is. Yeah, but.
4: Bohemian Rhapsody. I haven't seen yet. So I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for a screener on oh, that one. You, you probably have it at home. I got a night. Oh, great. Perfect. Uh, so I, I just, I don't know. There's something about the greatest showman that just didn't work for me. That felt very sort of, Moulin Rouge, light that Mm -hmm. just didn't really—it didn't coalesce into a into a story that I cared about. The musical scenes, some of them were fine, some of them were embarrassing. The tonal shifts were rough. Mm. You had like pop music from present day mixed with period. It just—it all just was very confusing. Nothing was period.
3: The whole thing. The whole thing was there. There are period songs in that.
4: No, 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 I'm saying the period that it existed in. Oh, so in. what?
3: Moulin Rouge is my favorite movie. Like, I, I love that, it too, but really? I would rather I,
4: watch
2: Moulin Rouge than watch them like – When know, they do 2001 a podcast odyssey, you can
4: just plop you, yourself
0: Do you, you, <laughs> hate, you hate it, Living? No, I love it. I oh, love it's like Moulin truly Moulin my favorite Rouge. movie. Yeah, I no, love Moulin Rouge too.
4: I, I mean, and again, like I, I think also I went to see it with family and I just – I think it was just sort of like – I just wasn't in the headspace to want to sit down and watch the movie. So that didn't help. And then the songs were fine. You can't expect too much from it. Like I I I, see how much I I see how and and like all the P.T. Barnum stuff I just take
3: out. I just ignore and just pretend it's not actually about P.T. Barnum. (laughs) Okay. That's a good way Um, to look at it. But aside from that, like, I think the music is really, really good. Like I like the music in that so much more than the music in La La Land, for instance. It's like,
2: I think it's the problem of, uh Pacek and Paul, who also wrote oh, Dear Evan Hansen, which we can it. talk about for 15 minutes just being mad. Like their okay. stuff, like their music is very slick. It all sounds like left of left that was left off of uh, Ben Fold's Rock in the Suburbs album. Yeah. But yeah. like it's literally just like a pop song that has no connection to anything that's been dropped into this story. And like if you think about it for a second, or if you think about like the story for a second, it all kind of
4: disappears. Well, it's like I, I guess I, I look at the Greatest Showman. I'm looking at it on Box Office Mojo right now. Production budget of eighty-four million dollars. That's a lot of money for that movie. That's before PA is my assessment. So you're probably looking at 120. The movie makes four hundred and thirty-four worldwide. Like that's a miracle. Everyone expected this thing to just absolutely bomb. They thought like careers were gonna and Hugh Jackman like put all of his, you know, eggs on this or and All his eggs in this basket, and I respect it. I I I mean, he did did a good job. He fucking made it sing. Film Twitter also
3: did the thing that like, it's the worst thing that we do <laughs> I know. In, in, where, where, where we like, where, where we preemptively assassinate a movie and it always is, it always is stuff like this, that that's taking a really big swing and not based on some previous property. And I hate it. happens to the Wachowskis. Every movie they put out happened to things like Valerian. Like anytime anybody tries to do anything interesting or different, film Twitter just fucking shoots yeah. it down. It's really yeah. a bad
4: well, movie. It, I, I don't disagree. I, I hate the fact that, that film Twitter has it knives sharpened for movies before they even come out, just based on trailers or based on buzz or things that they hear about. I mean, it sucks. Um, next week, what are we doing, Phil? We're doing deadly do right next week. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I swear wow. to God, we're
4: doing this on Tuesday and I, yeah. two days from now and I forgot up until this moment. We're doing Deadly Do Right with uh, Aaron Larosa yeah. who came on for Blash in the Past. All right. So Brilliant we're Frank- wow, consistent. So she's our That's Brenda, she's our Brenda Fisher guest, um Your special I'm, correspondent, I'm, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to do Deadly Do Right. Um I'm not excited to have to defend my countrymen a second time in a week after South Park, but that being said, it is what it is. Um I all I've ever seen of deadly dealer is a trailer. Have you guys even seen the trailer for deadly do right? It's insane, but it doesn't matter. Movie's crazy. It tanked. No one saw it. It's weird. Sarah, Jessica Parker is the love interest. Alfred Molina is the villain. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, (laughs) Todd's just gone somewhere far away um, but Aaron's amazing. I think it's gonna be a blast. I'm really excited to watch this movie and talk about it. I can tell that Kenny just can't wait to I mean the movie's like 80 minutes of of mounty jokes I it's mean, a
3: movie that came out in 1999 <laughs> oh my God so we will be covering it. Kenny is resigned to, to what fine, he has signed up for fine, it's fine it's wait, like, did
0: you guys it's like, silly like silly but, did you guys like South Park We did. Okay. Good. Oh, love. that's love.
4: amazing. Yeah. yeah that's, okay. Good. Yeah. I, I only no. had to defend Canada because of the obvious. I mean, I gave it a, a I gave it a ninety-eight. Yeah. I gave it a no. ninety-three. I think a ninety-four. Yeah, we or were super mad, yeah.
0: those are appropriate. I almost uh,
4: wish we had oak fine. from uh, Hamilton on for for that. So I almost wish the TV show had ended uh, after the movie, and they just kept they thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ratings were down thirty percent. They were just like, "Well, this is the end of it. We might as well go out with a bang." And then it just lives on and on and on. Um, Thank you so much for coming on, guys. guys. And please, please come back. I'm going to send you the list, and it's going to be amazing. Libby, the uh, 99 remake of The Haunting is still
2: available. Please shut (laughs) up.
0: Please stop volunteering me for uh, podcasts without checking with me first.
4: We'll see you guys on back for the haunting with Todd and Libby. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. You're both on no, Twitter, right?
2: Yeah, you. I'm. I'm at tvoti and Phil asked me, "Do you want to come on? Do you want to come on for bicentennial yeah, man?" Exactly and started. I was like, "Sure." Can Libby come? He's
4: like, "Yeah, okay." And I was, like, I went home to Libby. I was like, "We're doing bicentennial man." So. I because I, well, we went to dinner and I said to Todd, "Would you?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll come on for bicentennial man." Can Libby? And I was like, "Sure." Not. Thinking, you know that that might, you know. Be anyway, leadership. our marriage nearly ended on Friday. <laughs> oh, <when> we <laughs> stop!
2: We <laughs> uh, love these awkward if,
4: stories. If, from if you guys survived the Story of Us podcast, you oh, could survive anything. We yeah, and by we, the way, we that podcast was unquestionably one of our best ones, just because it took a movie that was really broken and i think we injected so much i love that podcast. it was a great (laughs) fucking episode i
3: rarely live i rarely listen to our podcasts all the way through i listened
4: all all the way through yeah it was just like this is great and i'm sure that people are going to listen to the two hours that we've done on bicentennial man thank you all for listening i'm at pm iscove on instagram and twitter kenny's at nybart we're at podcast like 1999 please rate review subscribe thank you for listening.